Hi, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Helberton, and who's carrying a baby with me tonight? Peter Bingham Pankratz. And uh, Baby Yoda Carrie Chandler. <laughs> nice. And welcome back, both of you, from being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. I can't remember the last I know you were on the Bounty Hunter episode, Carrie. I don't remember the last time, last published episode Peter was on. Uh, prob- was it the Chaotix one? Wasn't that one? Really? Oh, yeah, that was. Okay, yeah, that was the last published. I forget. Or no... Oh yeah, Chaotix got published after Supersonic for Cyber Knuckles. Okay. Hey, was somebody down two two people downloaded it last yesterday? So hey, nice. there you go. And the time you're hearing this, it was not yesterday, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> it was probably a month or two because it's going to be in the can for a bit. Okay, so we're going to do something a little different than what we normally do because we're actually going to be covering the Mandalorian season two. And there is no season one yet because we haven't recorded it yet, so it'll be there someday. <laughs> um, this kind of just was an idea that hit me after I finished season two of Mandalorian. I'm like, I have to talk about this. And then I went and rewatched it, and I still have to talk about it. So that's why we're here. We're going to kind of recap the whole season for you. Only season two. There will be spoilers, obviously. But by the time you're hearing this, it's probably March or April, maybe. So you had time. <laughs> oh, and before I go too far, Peter, where might people know you from? Uh, well, if you... If you like good sci-fi, you might have read my novel, The Fifth Civilization. And uh, I've got two more out, including one that just came out. So one check out. Read. Yeah. One day Mike will read it, um, and he'll love it, I'm sure. Hey, I bought it. Does that count? I did buy the first book, finally. Well, you know, it's a good first step. <laughs> we're, all, we're all struggling these days. Oh, I actually don't even know where it is at the moment. Tiff was the one that <laughs> Don't tell me that. Good, all right. You're just digging the hole deeper. Here. I have it. <laughs> And Carrie, where might people know you from? Hey, uh, you might know me from the Laser Time Facebook group. Uh, I also uh, stream uh, video game console repairs and modifications and the occasional video game on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Xeta K-E-R-O-O-X-S-E-T-A. All right. So now, so you guys should go both, look up both of those people and go buy Peter's book. You don't know if you've got to read it. We should yeah. at least get it and put it somewhere on a shelf and forget about it, you know, like his best friend. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go buy it right after this. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> I do mean to one day read it. <laughs> I don't read, though. So I haven't read a book since... I can't even remember the last time I read a book. So that, that should that should tell you something That's... right there. Not even a Star Wars book? <sighs> no. I think the last <laughs> book I read that I can remember was the Magellan book. Oh, that I gave you that one? Yeah, that was a long time. No, maybe Shadows of the Empire. You're right. The last book I read was Shadows of the Empire. Oh, there you okay. go. And Take that care. was over five years ago. <laughs> that was a while. All right. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be talking about Mandalorian Season 2. To give a very brief, the Mandalorians are a race of people on a planet that got blown up in the Star Wars <laughs> world. And this guy is about, was a bounty hunter, but now he's not because he's carrying around a baby. All right. Is there anything else we need for Season 2 to start? That? Sounds good. That's about right. That's about the briefest explanation without spoiling Season 1, which we're going to spoil anyway. But eh. Who's he listening to this that hasn't seen Season 1, but they've seen Season 2? Yeah. Who's, who's like, you know, I'm just going to start with the second season. It'll be fine. I mean, I think you could, though. Yeah, you could. Season two is its own thing, almost. Like, you, I mean, first with the recaps, you do get the information that you need. But one thing I liked about season two is that it's very, very connected, where it doesn't feel like a Western like season one did. It just feels like a, a, a complete plot with only one or two episodes that you could cut out that don't matter. And see, that's why I like season one more. So that's kind of, that's fun. We got okay. a fun diversity of opinion there. I mean, the first episode so of season two starts off again, because since it's Star Wars, you have to be on Tatooine because everything happens on this desert planet. With mm-hmm. no there. Right. Yep. 
I, I will never understand the love for tattooing. I mean, I mean, I do understand the love for tattooing, but I don't understand why Star Wars always have to be on tattooing. Like, it's a desert planet. Can't there be other desert planets? Well, yes. you know, I... Jakku. I, uh-huh. Yeah, Jakku, which is just... <laughs> yeah, tattooing. I forgot that I, existed. I think that a lot of it is kind of corporate of... Uh, we need to get the star, you know. We need to get those Star Wars fans by showing them something they've already seen before. Okay, yeah. you know that's the that's the Disney Star Wars movies all have to revolve around the original trilogy. Though I guess Episode One does go back to Tatooine also. Right. Yeah. And Episode Two. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> episode Three has Tatooine in it too. I think only Empire just doesn't have any scenes. Yeah. On that's right. Empire's the only one with nothing on Tatooine. I mean, Force Awakens wasn't on Tatooine, even though it was Tatooine, and it was a new hope <laughs> made, but... Technically you know. correct. Yes, you are, you are right. I mean, I, I really like that movie. I don't think though. The Last Jedi goes to Tatooine, either. What's that movie? I never heard of it. <laughs> oh, boy. I hate that movie. Oh. That is... Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll get there someday. Let's talk about The Mandalorian. Yes, thank All you. Right. Like, this first episode, I feel like, is just a fan service for the fans, mm-hmm. in a way. Right. Like, because he ends up First, he starts up on some random ass planet with with Baby Yoda, and he's trying to watch a bunch of what the hell are the big green pig called again? Gamorians. Uh, Gamorian. Yeah, I knew one of you would know. <laughs> and he's, I, I didn't really get that when they're just fighting. I mean, it's fine. Like, I mean, I was okay when the guy tries to kill him because he wants his Beskar armor, and then he shoots him with the little rocket thingies. Like, that was all cool. It I made like, me think of the beginning of uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Yeah, I can't remember the beginning of that game. Where you're you're in the fighting pit, and you have to get out of the fighting pit yeah. so you can, and then get your armor back, get your jetpack com- back. Completely got rid of that memory of that of that scene. <laughs> that hurt me. <laughs> it really did. Okay, I mean, it was it was cool. I mean, it did feel like fan service. Though we were getting Gamorreans, we're getting some random aliens in a bar, and yeah, I liked it, and I like how I they like double cross them because they want his armor. I, I also I like the the you know the kind of the cold open that only has a little, you know, it has to do with the plot, but it's not like the main thing. It's just like, right. it's it's a, a tiny little adventure credits. And then we're into the episode. I like that format. It doesn't yeah. take long. No. Oh, and one question that you guys might be able to know. So is Beskar, I have never heard of Beskar until I want to say the Mandalorian show. Is it something that's been around in the fiction for a while? Yeah. Okay. I just, yeah. I'm not as into Star Wars as I should be at times. So, so I know um, it's in the extended. Un- I don't know if the extended universe created it first or not, but I know it's in the EU, uh, the Karen Travis uh, Republic Commando books that I, I think are the best Star Wars books ever. Uh, that kind of really a lot of the Mandalorian TV show borrows a lot of its lore from those, a lot of its ideas from those books, and uh, in those they talk about their Mandalorian armor being made of Beskar. Okay. But it, it may predate that also. Okay. That's I more knowledge going. than I have uh, about it. So I know it from the Rebels cartoon very, very little, which I, because I'm looking up stuff right now where apparently right. one when they electrocute everybody was Beskar armor, which I did not realize. Huh. So, yeah, and it's in the Clone Wars cartoon, I'm pretty sure. And it's, that is mostly a good cartoon. This is, this is where I'll be handy to have Wikipedia up. So I'm just going <laughs> to, yeah, I'm going to have that open just in case. Yeah, I was uh, just opening the best car on Wikipedia too. <laughs> there we go. I mean, and like and another big fan service this thing does is as you as you after he gets after he ends up taking care of that guy, and I like how Mando's not really a hero, but not really a villain either. I mean, he's kind of like an anti-hero, I guess, because right. he doesn't like the guy that tries to betray him. He doesn't kill him. He doesn't turn him in. He just ties him up and leaves him there to get killed by whatever the hell is living in the shadows. Right. Like that's not a nice way to go. But <laughs> I like that he's like I said I wouldn't kill you. <laughs> 
I didn't say I yeah. wouldn't help. It's a little yeah. dark. A little dark, yeah. You know, he's he's not, you know, a Luke Skywalker type here. No, and Luke's still one of my favorites. Yeah. Before Luke was drinking blue milk on a random island, he was my favorite. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but We're talking and, about the virtue scale, yeah. And then when you get to Tatooine, like that whole, everything with Tatooine, well, I like how, you know, they're talking about some random ass town in the middle of the desert. You know, I'm thinking to myself, why the hell you live in the middle of the desert? Especially the yeah. whole planet's a damn desert for some reason. Right. But that whole... Fire. That whole scene. <laughs> well, they weren't moisture farmers, though. They were mining no, or something. It's a mining town. Yeah. Nice. We're just used to moisture farmers. But, like, that whole scene where, like, he gets to the bar, he's waiting for the Mandalorian to show up, and a guy wearing Boba Fett's armor just walks in where it's all broken. I mean, I was just, I was so happy mm-hmm. for that little moment. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I, when this, when this, when the, that, after that first episode, I was like, oh, are they going to be break Boba Fett? Can't we do anything new? And then he showed up, and I was like, all right, no, this is cool. <laughs> I'm fine with this because it's not Boba Fett, and I thought that was interesting how they just had a random a random guy who essentially was playing the same character from the show Justified. Yeah, yeah. Timothy Oliphant. But you know what? He uh, he can he can rock it. No, he did good. Yeah, he... I thought it was I thought he was perfect for it because he looked like a kid playing dress up as a Mandalorian. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's obviously not a real Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm like that guy's not a Mandalorian. There's no way. <laughs> That was a good scene. That was good. Like I, I enjoyed all that. I, I remember hearing a rumor online that the guy who directed this episode, John Faru or Faro, wanted, wanted to direct direct Justify, but never got to. So this was kind of his way to do it. Oh, yeah, John, John Favreau is like one of the. I mean, I think he's the main creator of the Mandalorian and the MCU, of course. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I knew it sounded familiar, but I couldn't remember how. But he's he's you know he made Swingers. He's and then in, he made Iron Man. Yeah, he, he plays Happy Hogan in the. Oh, movie. that's who John. Okay, now I know who he is. That, that John Favreau is like I. It's so crazy because I remember watching Swingers in college, and it never would have occurred to me. Oh, this guy is going to eventually control the best MCU, best Marvel movies, and the best Star Wars movies, or best <laughs> Star Wars stuff. Yeah, it's not possible for anyone to have known. That. Yeah, of all the people. Yeah, it, it's so. I mean, it's a good episode. Like I thought, it was very entertaining like it i mean it's just fan service because like shortly after this you have them fighting with or not really fighting but you have the sand people you have a freaking this has got to be the first time we ever seen a crate dragon in live action yeah Yeah. and i and and people are talked about like oh at the end they show a crate dragon pearl and that's a reference to kotor and i'm like the entire episode's a reference to kotor what are you talking about the uh when they go to kill the crate dragon i mean i had just I had just finished playing through that part of KOTOR like a month before I saw this. And it's like a recreation of that whole scene. The way they lure it out and everything. Didn't you feed it in the game, though? You, uh, well, you you trick a bant. You basically, you you take a, you get a bantha. You you kill some Tusken Raiders, you steal their bantha, and then you lead the bantha up to the cave to lure it out where, where there's landmines for it to explode. So, very similar. Okay, that is very. And it's like similar shaped cave, and the dragon looks similar, only you know, better now. <laughs> and then you get the, the the pearl at the end, except the pearl's small enough to fit inside a lightsaber in the game. Yeah, that that was a cool scene, and all of it was for that because Mandel wanted to get the Boba Fett's armor back to take it to somebody, or I don't know the hell he put. Well, because he, it's because uh, it's his religion. You're not supposed to wear that armor if you're not a Mandalorian. So it's like desecrating a holy relic in his eyes. Is Boba Fett a Mandalorian? No. Okay. Boba Fett and Jango Fett both are not Mandalorians 
uh, Clone Wars changed. Well, Clone Wars and the comics kind of retconned that they're not Mandalorians. Okay. Yeah. There's some good lines in this that we'll get to later that I like, but I'm pretty sure that's what I forget what episode is. Somebody discusses that with him. Uh, seven or it's seven or eight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh it's um Bo-Katan is really pissed off that he's wearing the armor. Right. You're not a Mandalorian. I never said I was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I forgot that that all everything with the crate dragon was an exact reference to Kotor, but it was this awesome seeing that. I mean, it felt like I was watching a, you know, like a raid or something in an MMORPG because it climbs up and starts taking them out with a spit. And I was just, I rewatched this again recently and I'm just like, this is still a super freaking good episode. It's like, Monster this Hunter. A, this is a great yeah. introduction to season two. And, and then that last stinger where after they kill the crate dragon, he's leaving and you see the guy that plays Django Fett and all the clones, all the clone soldiers, you know, standing there in, in the desert and he turns around toward the camera and walks off. Right. That was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did a good job, though. Like, I was I was glad they got him back. Tamira Morrison, I believe. Yeah, there you go. He's a New Zealander. Right. He, yeah. He's a good actor. Yeah, he yeah. is. And and I, you know, I didn't want Boba Fett to come back, really, because I just kind of what I what I love about season one was oh. how it's like it's each episode is mostly its own story with you have this connecting tissue between them. But it's it's like. You know, each episode is an homage to like a different spaghetti western or samurai movie or both. Right. And that's what this episode felt like. And then at the end, it's like, oh, there's Boba Fett. And it's kind of like, oh, they're going to do Boba Fett. But then I feel like the season did a good job of it. Yeah. It, it tells a conclusive story. Like it, it has a plot that is trying to get to and it gets there just fine. So I'm, I'm yeah. good with it. I mean, episode two is the one that I don't like as much. I felt that you could take episode two out. And you mm-hmm. don't need it. Am I the only one that thought? Did you guys? Yeah, enjoy I mean, it's the- it's what it's what you call a bottle episode. It's an episode where nothing really of consequence happens except he gets from one planet to another, and that's it. That's that's the whole episode of episode two. Yeah, but you. I did see- like seeing the X-wing pilots. I like the idea that <laughs> in the in the new republic, we're in the the new republic era. We're five years after Return of the Jedi. Uh, like the idea of like Republic X fi- X wing fighters just like flying out in deep space patrolling, like highway patrolmen, and they're like friendly. They're friendly, yeah. but then I love when they when they ask for his credentials and he sends them, and then a few seconds pass by, and then they drop back and their S foils open. Yeah, that was like, cool. Oh, shit. <laughs> I like that. He's like he knew exactly what was coming. They're like, hey, we need a ping. Oh, it's not working. Oh, it's working now. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> I mean, the whole episode is that after. He does his stuff in Tatooine. He finds some this woman that watched over his ship has someone that needs to go to some planet, and he can't travel by hyperspace for some yeah, reason. Amy, Amy Sedaris back he, back again. And he's got to travel with these this frog lady with a bunch of eggs, and Baby Yoda keeps eating the eggs. <laughs> I just I know a lot of people oh, really some love controversy. This. Yeah, people love I, this episode. Yeah, I thought I thought it I, I thought it was a completely fine episode. I mean, yeah, uh, I, like I liked it, it fine. Uh, the uh, the controversy over him eating the eggs is just silly. <laughs> it was. I'm not sure how much of it was serious, but I feel like there are some people who did take it seriously. Like, oh no, Baby Yoda's committing genocide or murder. I mean, it I mean, wasn't a murder. Genocide would be a race. This is just a family name. This is like you're yeah. committing... well, killing infants. You mean or not even infants yet? Yeah, In- infant infanticide. There you go. 
I want to make a joke. I mean, as so. hyperbolic <laughs> as people on the internet were. Overside. Oh, yeah, I, I thought it was funny, and I liked the idea of, like, I was like, what if at the end of the episode he just, like, barfs up all the eggs that he ate? But he didn't do that. So. <laughs> he ate a lot of freaking eggs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. This episode just didn't grab me. Like, they, they ended up getting attacked by the ship. He crashes in the ice. Then you have the whole thing where he's trying to survive. And you have just giant spiders chasing, like, a giant spider and lots of baby spiders chasing after him. Like, I did, it just Ooh. didn't do anything for me. Or the naked frog lady in a bath. Like, just... So, speaking of fan service, that spider, <sighs> my son and I were sitting there watching the episode. And he goes, pause it, pause it. And I go, okay. And he paused, I paused it. And he runs to his room and he comes back with a Star Wars D&D figure of that spider that I bought like 12 years ago. Oh, it's from something then? It's I don't know what it's from. It's from the extended universe, but I have that exact spider. The I mean, exactly the same. And the pose it was doing over its eggs is the pose that it's doing on the figurine. I'll have to send you a picture to post to the to the the Facebook. But okay. It's, okay. It's, it's uncanny. I was like, they the little details like that are things that make me feel like this is a show made by Star Wars fans. Oh, yeah. So much of the new sequels feel like a corporate, this like corporate Disney-fied version of Star Wars. The Mandalorians sometimes feels that way, but so much of it feels like these are like for real Star Wars fans because they're not drawing attention to it. It's like, we made a monster. No one's going to notice except for one person will notice that this is a thing from, I don't even know what it's from. I, I don't I don't know, but I have the exact figure. Yeah, and that's <laughs> from a Star Wars D and D campaign I ran. Yeah, and watching these uh, what are these sixteen episodes is for me. Uh, I think I was for most of them they're much more enjoyable than any of the three new movies. Uh, oh yeah, that's not saying a lot. Even even though I do like parts of the you know there's some movies I really like, but still you know if you if you do like the ratio of enjoyment to hours of screen time, then I think Mandalorian beats it no question. Oh. A hundred percent. Like I, yeah. I, I enjoyed all three of the new Disney Star Wars movies, or or all of them. I mean, I love I love Rogue One. Yeah. Um, as oh, far as great. the sequel movies go, the the three big movies, or mm-hmm. the two plus the one Mike's never heard of. Uh, <laughs> I um, you know, I enjoy those fine, but I don't look at them as being good. I'm like, well, they're fine, they're enjoyable enough. I'm not in love with them. But the Mandalorian, I'm like, I never sit down and even. Some of the episodes we'll talk about a little later that I didn't like as much. I still I'm like uh, I come out of it feeling like oh that was good. Yeah, and and that includes this episode, even though it's like a little bottle episode, which made me go oh was that it for the week? But it's still good. Yeah. Oh, I totally. Uh, and I like that they called back to the prison break episode from season one, which is uh, I think one of my favorite episodes of the first season. It's a really good they, episode. They made a little callback to that. I'm like. You know, whenever, in fact, when I saw the X Wings, I'm like, uh oh, is he still wanted for that whole prison break issue? <laughs> and then he, and then that was what it was. Yeah. I mean, that was cool. I don't, I just didn't like the fact that it just, like, the spider stuff irritated me and I wanted more connection. Like, the whole point why he's taking the frog is because supposedly her husband has seen Mandalorians on the planet they're at. So that's why he takes this job. Right. Know, Which turns it. out to be true. But, but also, um, why was she on Tatooine? Yeah. Why would a frog lady live on a desert planet? <laughs> because in the Star Wars world, even though there's millions of planets, we're all on Tatooine for some reason. <laughs> she better have brought some moisture along with her. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I've been watching a lot of science fiction. I've watched Stargate, so I've come to the conclusion that every planet just one little thing. So hey, yeah, every, every planet is a different location in Northern California. <laughs> it's a different... <laughs> I, think it was, I think in season one, season two, it's all a different location in Canada. Oh, yeah. Of SG-1 that I've been watching. 
Man, SG one is really good. It is. is it's really Vancouver good. space. I don't understand why I'm. Uh, yeah, but we'll get there someday. Uh, hopefully not. But okay, chapter eleven, the third episode of this. This episode, this really is one where I started getting like super excited because well, I'm a big yeah. Clone Wars fan. I'm a big Rebels fan. I watched both of those shows, and this whole episode felt like a love letter to us that like that that were into that sh- into those cartoons because he goes to this planet after he rescue after he take he drops off the the stupid frog lady. He runs into she sees her husband. You have a dumb little moment and. After all that happened, he's like, oh, yeah, go to this bar to see some, you know, Mandalorians are at this bar. And I was also laughing because you see a bunch of Mon Calamari. You Mm -hmm. see a bunch of Korans, I think they are. Yeah. Yeah. And from reading lots of Star, like reading the Star Wars Darth Vader comic, which actually talks about the death of that planet in volume two. Really good comic. There's an episode, by the way, earlier in the show. And it it does all that. Like, I was just like, I'm excited because, like, yeah, I'm like, they have no planet. Their planet is gone. So it's cool to see all of them just randomly on this sea planet just working. Do they get along now in the new canon? Because in the old canon, it was like they those two races lived on Mon Calamar and didn't like each other. Right? Uh, I mean, they talk about the Clone Wars, but I think it's kind of like they get along, but they're not. They don't like each other. I, I think. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like they they coexist, but they're not exactly the most friendly. I'll say in the pre Disney EU, they were like um, two like uh, hostile races that both lived, shared a planet and didn't right. care for each other very much. Okay, I'm pretty sure that went away because in Clone Wars they joined together to fight the the fight the separatists. I can't think of their, the robots. What the hell are they called? The Trade Federation. Yes. I don't know why I just left my mind. No, I think it is the. the I think they are called the separatists. So. Separatists. Okay, yeah. and then in the comics. Um, the whole planet gets destroyed by Vader and the Inquisitors. Oh, okay. Because they're hi- which is also canon, because they're hiding Jedi on that planet. Right, right. That makes or sense. Or a Jedi, or... I can't remember. There's something, there's something to do with Jedi is hiding on that planet, and he ends up, by him being... By him not giving himself up, he ends up, the whole planet ends up getting destroyed, and you find out he wasn't really a Jedi. Oh, uh, yeah. But that, so... Again, that's a little thing that most people might not know, but it is canon in the new in the new canon. And to me, it was kind of just cool to see to see you know to see them on this random planet because they don't have a planet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's like a, it seems to be a mostly it seems to be a very a planet with a lot of ocean, at least if not a fully ocean planet. So hey, if science fiction taught us anything, if you see one little area, it's the whole planet. If it's the a, whole planet, is that yeah, uh, I believe that's Star Wars. Star Wars. That is, is specifically Star Wars. Star Trek doesn't do it as bad, right? <clears throat> No, Star Trek doesn't do it nearly as bad. Star Trek, every planet is just, you know, it's Earth. It's just, uh, you know, some white different colors with, with foreheads that are a little bit different. Right. Yes, Stargate SG-1, I think, kind of does that, too, though. But Oh, yeah. Every well, planet. Budget Stargate SG-1 you know. explains it, though. Because uh. <laughs> all the races all the races were slave races seated by the, uh, what's it call it? The Gould. The Gulad or Gould, whatever. Got Gould. Yeah, so, 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 yeah, so uh, Mando gets ambushed on the fishing boat. This was kind of like, why did he, like, I like the part where you have them sit in the diner where he ends up talking to the guy and you have Baby Yoda gets, you know, playing with his food. I did laugh at that part. Yeah. A little, a little octopus thing bites him and then, yeah. and then Mando stabs him. But, like, why did he trust these corns and they take him out in the middle of nowhere in the ocean and they're like, hey, why don't you look in the hole there? Why don't you take a closer look? Yeah. It does stretch like, credibility a little bit. It's like, yeah. what is he doing? <laughs> and he looks down the hall and they 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 chop the, they they chuck the baby in the hole. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay. It it created some cool tension and then made for a really cool entrance for our uh, our Mandalorians. Right. Yeah, it did work for that. It was really cool how they come in to save him and you get these three Mandalorians, one being uh, Bo-Katan from the Clone Wars show and Rebel show. Yeah. Cool. So she's in Rebels also? I haven't mm-hmm. seen Rebels. 
pretty sure she's in Rebels also. I'm well, 95% sure. I'm sure you're right. Yeah. That that was that was cool. Now she's a member of the Death Watch, right? <sighs> Cuz they're they're like I thought they were like the I thought they were bad guys. I can't remember if I don't think cause she if I remember correctly she's a sister of the woman who was in charge of Mandalore who dies in the Clone Wars. Right, right. But I also don't all remember because there's a bunch of stuff that happens on Mandalore in the in the cartoon that involves Darth Maul in the end of Clone Wars and stuff continues right. on going on into Rebels and someone else takes over Mandalore and Rebels that is a that works for the Empire and I, I can't remember where everything goes. No, yeah, she is a member of the Death Watch. Yeah, she's a member of the Death Watch. Um, her sister was the one who like was like um, the leader of it and okay. then she, was, she was in it, too. God, I don't remember any of this. Yeah, I, well, I I remember. So I I watched Clone Wars like years ago, and I don't remember a lot of this stuff because I watched it with my son, and I'd sometimes be like doing something else while he was watching it. But I um I remember when we researched for the uh, Bounty Hunter game that I I kind of looked it up, and the Death Watch were it, uh if you it, Jango Fett, his kind of origin on Mandalore is he went to Mandalore. To basically, he was hired to take out the uh, the Death Watch. He was hired to like fight them, and he got into like a gunfight with the Death Watch. He killed most of the Death Watch people, and then Jedi uh, came down, led by Count Dooku, and killed all the remaining Death Watch people and all of his people except for him. And then he killed like six Jedi of his bare hands, and that's kind of Jango Fett's background. And so. Bo-Katan and her group were like a small group of Death Watch that managed to survive. Okay. That was probably in our um, Bounty Hunter game, too, wasn't it mentioned or something? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that was in the uh, the comic book that was a that was a tie-in to the game. Okay. And then uh, if you get enough secret stuff in the game, then the comic book is unlocked at the end. You can sit there and flip through the comic book on your PlayStation. Yeah, that game. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just I just enjoyed all like like you said when they when they show up it's badass like everything with the Mandalorians with with this group I I like her okay I thought she was more of a good guy I didn't realize she was kind of she's she's kind of bad isn't she then Bo-Katan? well I don't know I don't know if she's I, I think it's kind of like you, you were saying about Mando about being you know not not necessarily good or bad I think she's more she she's not bad but she would be definitely willing to kill somebody even even yeah. an innocent person for her goals so. So, Peter, have you seen Rebels at all? No. Oh, I'm completely. I'm, I know. I know these. I know some of these characters, but um, no, I, I haven't uh, delved into it yet. You should someday. It's on. It's so it's in the Disney Plus queue. Same <laughs> to start it. There's not but, that much know, of Disney Plus, so. Hey. No. And now <laughs> with yeah, now with the Mandalorian um, being a hiatus, it's gonna be I'm gonna use it even less. But maybe I can start Rebels. Yeah. The first season start. is hard. Yeah. But after that, it gets away from the very, like, we're a kid show to we're something more. Yeah. So it, it gets See, a lot that's better. what I wanted to know, because I started watching Rebels, and I was like, this feels like it's made for five-year-olds. And I could watch it with my son, but I don't feel like watching it by myself. It, but it gets way one. better. The third and fourth season are not, are kind of dark, because it, brief non-spoilery, it, it, Admiral Thrawn is in that cartoon. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. Okay, and when yeah. he shows up in, I I want to say he shows up in season three. Things go a little, you know, you know how things are going to go with that kind of character, with that character being around. Yeah. But it gets it gets way better after season one, just like with Clone Wars, where season one is really rough and then it gets way better. Yeah. Yeah, and and reading up on Bo Katan, yeah, she was in the Death Watch, 
they got ousted from Mandalore by the Jedi. So then she joined with Darth Maul and all them to retake Mandalore. But then she got betrayed. And then she refused (laughs) to follow the she refused to follow the Empire. So she's kind of neutral. She's I would say she's true neutral in D&D terms. (laughs) Okay, I I couldn't remember. Like my memory of her was she was a good guy kind of or something. But it's been a while. Well, She rescued Obi-Wan at one point. Okay. In Clone Wars. She rescues Obi-Wan from jail. So I think I think really what it is is she's one of those people that she has a goal and her goal is good, but then she'll do whatever she has to do to achieve that goal. Which I'm sure we're gonna see in season three. So Yeah. I, I thought at the end of this season we were gonna see something uh I was gonna see her turn on the Mando. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely coming. And the only last thing to say, I think the only last thing I want to say about episode three is just like, oh, we do have the other part where they go on the ship and their whole point is they're trying to get on this big ship that is leaving port to take over the ship. They convince Mandel to join them because they said they're just going to take the weapons and then find out she wants the entire ship. It's also when you get reference to her talking about Gideon having something that she wants, which is a dark saber. I don't think, I don't think they say it in this episode, but it was pretty it's, damn cool. Yeah, and, and it's pretty clear that's what she's got to be talking about, too. Yeah, if you know your stuff. If you know, if you, if you, well, yeah, if you know about the dark saber, even if you just remember the end of season one where he has that black lightsaber, even if you didn't know what the dark saber was, uh, you know, like, well, that's what he's got. I mean, that's the thing we've seen that he has. Yeah. And it makes sense that that's what they were going after. Like, that's what she's after because you need the, you need the dark saber to rule Mandalore essentially, and especially the new Mandalore if you're going to be all warriors and not a government. Right. And uh, I was going to say, this episode is uh, one of the, epi- this is the one episode this season directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who I never, before season one, I never would have thought of as a director. Yeah. Like, I just knew her as, she's the love interest, whatever, in the uh, Jurassic World. Yeah. She's the, she's the white savior and uh, the help, and that's about all, that's all I knew her from. And the yeah, girl who can run from a dinosaur in high heels. She's got a good career ahead of her. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, I know we have to move on, but you know, I always appreci- uh, appreciate a good Imperial officer. And um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I this you had a great uh, uh, Titus Welver, who is, a, is a, a good character actor. And he, he does a good job. And you know, it's everything I want. You know, slimy, and he is defiant, and then he kills his own men, things like that. You know, that's great. It's a great officer. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. He, was, he was really good Imperial officer. Yeah. He shoots them real fast too. He's like, "Oh, man, they're gonna like we like." Oh, I understand. Boom, boom. Like we I need mean, a chance to think yeah. about it. You gotta, you gotta have those things planned out. And the teeth thing, where he bites his teeth and then like let's yeah. shoot himself. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Good. You know, I gotta make another Stargate SG one reference because this reminded me of it. <laughs> I was just watching an episode in season two of Stargate where they bring this kid along and he and he has like they're like he's missing he was missing two front teeth and he's not missing teeth and they check his teeth and apparent and he was and he tries to bite down after they sedate him before after they sedate him before he realizes he had a he's like i want to see the sky can i see the sky dad they're like oh we'll wait we'll wait till after he had they put like some poison in his teeth that would destroy the entire planet and kill everyone and i'm just like <laughs> man this show can start yeah <laughs> oh yeah. And that's what that's what I was thinking of the second time I watched this episode, where I'm like, "Hey, this is this is nearly as bad." He just kills himself, but right. Oh, Stargate gets dark. All right, and then, <laughs> but you are right, Peter. He was a great Imperial officer. Like he was just, you know. And I, I love all the Imper- all the Imperials in this that you see are slimy as hell, and just, yeah. 
there's, yeah, some, like, there's, there's another some good one we'll officers in this show. Definitely. Yeah, there's more coming up. Yeah, and I love the fact because the Imperial, like, if you think about what happened, like after Turn the Jedi, you have the Death Star gets blown up, you have Palpatine get thrown down a shaft and somehow get resurrected thirty years later. But hey, <laughs> and then you, but you have like the Empire's falling apart. Vader's gone. I mean, you just, but they're still just fine. Like they're living around just fine. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're the like the worst of them have survived, and now they're yeah. showing their. I always thought that made a lot of sense, um, you know, in the expanded universe novels and stuff, too, where, you know, 10, 15, even, you know, 20 years after the war, you still have areas uh, where you have, like, moths basically ruling as warlords and everything's still very imperial because it's a it's a galaxy. Yeah. You know, it's there's probably there's got to be billions of planets. And so, you know, they're in in who knows how many quintillions of people, right? So it makes sense the New Republic would not be able to control certain areas. Right, exactly. So I like it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would take a long time for the Empire to really be replaced from what they were, too. Yeah, Yeah, it wouldn't happen overnight. You know, it'd be, you know, it'd be years at least. And we show that that's true. And in the expanded universe, which I've read a bunch, I've I've read 38 Star Wars books. Um, Not not (laughs) to brag. Uh, None of them are canon now. None of them, right? <laughs> right. They're all they were all decanonized by uh, by Disney. But um, in those books, the last set of books of those I read were set during the time period that these new Star Wars sequels would be set during. And the new Star Wars sequels, well, Force Awakens borrowed a little bit of stuff from them, and then yeah. you know it all kind of went off from there. But uh, in those, they're taking place you know thirty five years after Return of the Jedi, and in that series the new Republic is falling apart um, yeah. and the Imperial remnant and the new Republic basically have um, banded together to create kind of a new coalition. Uh, and it's, it's very um, un, uh, unstable. It's not very, st- well, it's stable, but it's, it's tense, but it's, it's an, it's an interesting idea that, yeah, these, these rebels wouldn't necessarily be able to just recreate the old Republic. Yeah. Cause everybody's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Like well, the whole government was destroyed completely in the prequels. At the yeah. end of it, it'd be like, yeah, it's like uh, you know the Soviet Union, like the Bolsheviks taking over and getting rid of the old regime, like things like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, history. I mean, in real life, like you don't leave when you when you take over, you don't leave remnants. You get rid of everyone. If you're smart, yeah, if you're yeah. smart about it. You know, or if you have someone that tries to do treason, you don't just throw him in jail and let him write a book. You kill him, and then you save the problem that happens five years later. You know. But yeah. we should we should also mention that uh, Katie Sackhoff is really good as Bo-Katan, I think. Yeah, she is really good. I know she's kind of the divisive actress because like some you know people that are fans of the new Battlestar, like basically everyone I, I know that likes that show, they either really like her as Starbuck or they hate her as Starbuck. But I think she's really good as Bo-Katan. I thought she was fine. Is she the, is she the voice of Bo-Katan in um, Rebels and stuff, too, I think? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I I thought I saw that somewhere, but I I did not check my information. Didn't check your Wikipedia. Makes no, sense. Didn't Make care enough at the moment. <laughs> I could. I have it pulled up, but no, I don't think it. It doesn't say actually. But uh, I have to look farther than I want to look. Then there you go. All right. So let's. The next episode is one that. So you end up. So you have the next episode. He goes back to that planet because his ship is all destroyed from. The second episode, he got it somewhat repaired for not very much money by the Mon Calamari. And then he goes to, I forget the name of that planet. Oh, I don't remember either. Eh, It's a planet from the first season where like a lot of episodes. Navarro. Navarro. 
another like Tatooine type planet almost. But yes, not as another Tatooine like planet. It's not quite desert. It's more uh, mountainous planet. This was like, this felt like complete throwback to season one because you have you have a lot of the, a lot of the characters come back. You have um God, what is his name? Apollo Creed comes back in this episode too. <laughs> so you have him, Carl uh, Weathers, <laughs> and he directed it. He directed yep. this episode too. I, uh, I love Grief Karga. Grief I love the the Kara memes did. that came that came out of that when they first had him in the last year in the first season where. Yeah. It, yeah, the memes of him throwing three pucks, bring me these heads. And it was uh, the guy from Rocky Four, <laughs> the Gator, and, and Predator. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. That's funny. I, I love Carl Weathers so much. I'm a big Rocky fan. I'm a fan of the whole series and uh, uh, Predator and all that stuff. I just like, I love Carl Weathers since I was a kid. And uh, he's, um, it's him in, um, in uh, Arrested Development, too, playing himself, right? Oh, right. He, he really likes soup. Yeah. You got yourself to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, dude, that's um, yeah. I um. Yeah. I like Carl Weathers a lot. I love his character on this. I loved him in season one. And and like you were saying, this one feeling like a throwback to season one. I and I prefer season one. So I like these episodes that felt like they were uh, calling back to season this, one a little bit. This was a good episode where you have the blue guy who he arrested in the first episode of Mandalorian, who's working right. for Apollo Creed now. Like yeah. you have Gina Carlino character. Cara Dune, who now is, you know, working for him as, like, the marshal of the town. I like her character. I just don't like her. But Yeah, I, I, I don't... I, I, I usually try to, like, separate the, the person from the role, but sometimes I can't. And for her, every time I see her on screen, I just think about her. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it <laughs> like, me, I'm like, I really uh, liked her. And I'm like, oh... Yeah, it would be, it wouldn't be as bad, maybe, if she wasn't actively doing it while her, while her show right. was on. <laughs> If I mean, be like, like Kevin Sorbo. Wait, to be like, okay, well, maybe she changed, but no, I mean, yeah, she's, exactly. She's Kevin Sorbo waited twenty years after Hercules was over, and then well, I guess maybe social media didn't exist, and then I found out he's not a. I don't like him anymore, but you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it it does bug me that she's very open about some of her um ideas and on, right. on the internet, like yeah, and, and it's it's whatever. Um, I don't personally, I don't think she's like the greatest actress either. So I'm like, it's. I mean, I think I like the character in general. I yeah. like the idea of a you know former drop trooper who's disillusioned with the republic but still very anti-imperial and who doesn't who wants to kind of be like outside the law but also has like these like convictions of helping people and stuff and i like the idea of her becoming a a, a uh marshal it yeah. makes sense i mean i like that i like the idea of the marshals right like the drop troopers would have seen makes yeah. sense that, that you would be disillusioned because i mean that had to have been a terrible thing to witness Right. And, and I like the idea crap. of the marshals in general that the New Republic doesn't, you know, it doesn't really control anything outside the core systems. So they deputize people out in the outer rims to kind of be the law, which is very, you know, like the American, like Wild West. It's like, you mm -hmm. know, it's the same, which is what they're doing. And I, I mean, my favorite thing with The Mandalorian is when it's making homages to spaghetti westerns and samurai movies. And, so, and I feel like that's what that is very much. So I like it. Oh, and then the other thing I should say about this episode, like this whole episode is them trying to go and raid this one little Imperial base. that's still on this island or on the yeah. planet. It feels like an island. And I love how lava is played such a big part in this planet. And like that whole them going there, like it's all like, it feels like just another random little thing. Okay. We're going to go blow up this Imperial base, but it also connects to the series. So this is when you find out that they were cloning uh, baby Yoda's blood from the first season 
and they were yeah. trying to make. And I love how they're like, we have people with a high M count. I'm like, ah, thank you. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> we're not going to say, say the word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I I like that. Uh, it. I thought that was. So I thought that was obvious, and I was talking to somebody about it, and they're like, they revealed that's what it was. I'm like, isn't that? But I thought that was obviously what they were doing, right? Like, you have a little baby who obviously has force powers. You had Imperial guys draining his blood in the first season. That wasn't it clear that's what they were doing. But and it, it, so I was like, I, it felt like it, it felt a little like we already knew this, and it's just being confirmed. But they, I don't know. Yeah, there wasn't many options for like would would be a bigger reveal than that, or would right, be so. Yeah, exactly. So it was anticlimactic to me. It was like they didn't even really need to do that. Like it wasn't necessary. Like I guess it was necessary for the Mandalorian to know that for what Jar what's his name Jardin Dinjar. I don't know Mando. Din- that's his name. Yeah, Mando. Mando needed to know that <laughs> because even though he's living five years after Return of the Jedi, he's never almost never heard of Jedi. So he needed to know some of the stuff. Yeah. Which I like that, and I think it also makes perfect sense that he that they don't know because like when you see what the Empire does, I mean they it's not that hard. You think about like history where you have a dictatorship take over, they just erase previous history of things and just and if you talk about it, they shoot you. So problem gets solved real fast. People are gonna shut up. <laughs> yeah, so maybe, I but I mean it. the the thing is is like the history of Mandalore has so much to do with the Jedi and the Sith, like both using them for their own means. Yeah, but he's um, not from Mandalore. He was a kid true. that was taken during the Clone Wars. Raised which, by a cult. Yeah. yeah, so it makes sense that they just didn't, they left out the not good parts about their history. That's true. That's true. Plus, I mean, if we learn anything about cults, I mean, a cult leader will teach a person to only listen to them. Don't look at all the evidence. Don't listen. Just listen to yeah. me. Everyone is lying. Even when I contradict myself, I'm telling you the truth. I, mean, so, I, I, mean, I, seen I think I can hand. buy that. I think I can buy that for Mando. I do think. I don't usually buy the whole no one's heard of the Jedi thing in Star Wars in general just because of information. I mean, they have the internet. (laughs) They have, like, the super internet, you know? And it's just, it would be impossible for Jedi would be something people had heard of, you know, I feel like. but consider they had a freaking government. That's one problem I had with it since, uh, with this show since the beginning. I'm like, no one's, no one's kind of saying this little baby looks a lot like the the Jedi leader who was like <laughs> head of the government 20 years ago or like, yeah, you know, yeah. he was like, it would also, public, that's an, yeah. it's another thing. It's kind of the demolition man you know, paradox, right? Like demolition yeah. man is a really cool movie. And then you find out that it's all taking place like 10 years in the future. And it's like, <laughs> wait, no, that isn't, no, they wouldn't forget all of culture in 10 years. Right, and it's the same yeah. thing. If, if this was taking place 500 years after return of the Jedi, I'd a hundred percent buy that. No one's ever heard of a Jedi, you know? Yeah. But, but it's it's like if something happened in 2016 or 2015, we're like, oh, who is who is that? Yeah. I don't remember that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't remember that there were space wizards with laser swords. Yeah. <laughs> but still, yeah. Um, you know, I do. I like that. I felt like from the second episode of the series, it was clear. Oh, the you know the the empire or the remnants of the empire, whatever, want to clone Baby Yoda so they can create like Sith super soldiers. Cool. Yeah. That's a good overarching plot to just occasionally check in on for the series. Yeah, and so that was I was I was happy at this episode, and I really liked the um, the chase at the end. 
with the speeder bikes and the, the stormtroopers just flying over the cliff on the speeder bikes and all that. It was very that, neat. Oh, yeah. That was cool. And were those speeder, were those, like, wasn't a swoop bike in this episode too that from Shadow of the Empire? Or those in other, I feel like I saw a swoop bike. Is yeah, well, thing? it was. It is, yeah. Okay. But they, they just call them speeder bikes. They don't call them swoop bikes That's anymore. Right. I Nobody. feel like. No one needs a swoop gang from South of the Empire. Okay. Yes, I, I, uh, but it's definitely we've seen in Star Wars several times. We've seen what are very clearly swoop bikes, but no one calls them that anymore. I feel like that yeah. got confined to Shadows of the Empire. I love Shadows of the Empire. <laughs> I, I have little swoop bike uh, D and D figures or, or micro machine figures. Yeah, oh, sure man. I do. Too. Those are blasts from the past. Oh, I still have all my old micro machines in my parents' house. Yeah, I, I have them here. I give them to my son. So I find little Star Wars uh, micro machines all over the house all the time. <laughs> Star Wars and Star Trek. Nice. Uh, oh, and then anything else to mention? This episode just kind of like I mean that's the main part, and then other than them chasing, getting chased, and I thought that was all cool. And it's a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and then the ending. I think this is the ep- is this the ending of the episode where they end up because they place a tracker on Mando's ship in the set right. in the third episode and then i want to say in the very end of this episode you see a brief part where moff gideon is talking to the dark trooper saying we'll be ready yes yeah and i i got giddy when i saw that like i saw just you don't need you just see the black storm trooper robot looking thingies in in the in the wall and i'm just like oh they're dark troopers and i texted peter i'm like did you see i and saw it sure enough i want to i want to come back and talk about those dark troopers when we get to episode eight sure <laughs> yeah let's do that <laughs> i mean i i got i got thought I was because because I was just so excited. And then episode, yeah. God, because the, the the window I'm looking at. Oh yeah, episode five, which is where they first. It's called the Jedi, which you know obviously what they're going to talk right. about. This was I think a good one too. I mean, this is where you get Ahsoka first gets introduced in the live action, and Mando meets his first Jedi, and because he's following, because he was sent by Bo Katan to go to this planet to go find a Jedi, because he's trying to find someone to take Baby Yoda. And right. I thought this episode does such a good job of like, I know it's really just a pilot for her own show, essentially what this episode was. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. Rosario Dawson did a fine job playing Ahsoka. Like, yeah, I agree. Everything was really, I felt good. Like in this episode, like you have this town where this woman is running this town and she's trying, she's threatening to kill people or going to kill everyone. The planet's all destroyed except for her little area has water and trees and you got people in freaking like standing cage where they keep getting shocked. Yeah. Like, it's brutal looking. I don't know if you watch Star Trek discovery, but that's, I have not. that's the thing in Star Trek discovery is in the, they go to the dark mirror universe from the original Star Trek. Oh, well, there's been in all the Star Trek series at this point. Yeah. Like one episode um, here and there. Right, yeah. and they go to that. Well, that's that's like a major plot point of the series. And yes. in the second season, they go to that universe for a while. And uh, the um, the Terran Empire has those like cages where they keep people to like torment them. Do they all like, have electric shocks? And that's what it made me think of. Was that um, I I liked this episode mostly. Um, I had like one gripe about it, and that's the fight scene at the end. Oh, with Ahsoka and whoever the hell her name is. Else. Elspeth. Yeah. So the actress they hire for Elspeth, um, she's a like half Indonesian, um, half British, I think, woman who is a stunt woman uh, who's trained in traditional Indonesian martial arts, uh, specifically spear fighting. So they brought in an expert, or I don't know if she's an expert, but someone who knows how to fight with spears, right? And who's a stunt woman. And then it, I mean, I don't know if they had Rosario Dawson just do her own stunts or what, but the fight was very underwhelming then. Like, I saw it. This got spoiled for me on Twitter 
because someone retweeted her talking about how honored she was to get to fight Ahsoka. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And I started researching her and I'm like, oh, she's like really like into this martial arts. This is going to be an awesome fight scene. We're going to have like something really awesome. And then it was just like very, it felt like one of those fight scenes where one person's a stunt person and the other person is an actor who has no stunt training to me. It was very uh, restrained. I thought it would have been, we could have had a really cool fight scene. It was kind of basic. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I, I do know where you're, I see what you're coming from. Yeah, especially because Ahsoka, she, her like fighting style is a screamer, which is also a Southeast Asian fighting style. And it would have been kind of cool to see those two things. Like, I don't know. I'm a little bit of a martial arts nerd, I guess. So <laughs> it's a part of it. But I mean, I thought, well, it, I thought it'd be really cool. And it's funny because there is a, there is a stunt woman who uh, mocaps Ahsoka in the new season of Clone Wars. And I'm like, why don't they just let her do it? You know, but dual. Yeah. I mean, this whole point of the episode, they probably ran out of budget or something. <laughs> that may be. That may be. That happens a lot. I feel mm-hmm. like. I mean, I enjoyed this episode. This is also where you get Baby Yoda's name for the first time is Grogu. Yeah. yeah. How do we feel about Grogu? Uh, you know, it's a Star Wars name. If <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine. Uh, you know, it's a it's a very neutral arrangement of syllables to me. So, I mean, it, it's it, we we've had. Yoda and uh, Yodel? Is that the Yodel, female Yoda? Yaddle. Yaddle. We've had Yoda, Yaddle, and Grogu now. So I, I guess mean, it works. It fits. I, it's, I don't really have an opinion either way. I, when I heard it, I was like, okay, that's that's what it is. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't hate it, but I'll, probably I'm, most people probably still call him Baby Yoda. So. I'm, I'm still just going to call him Baby Yoda just to <laughs> people. I call yeah. him Grogu now more of the time. But I, I mean, I was just I thought it was just cool they gave him a name finally instead of just a child. Or baby yeah. Yoda, as yeah. Call I mean, he deserved a name for sure. It was easier to market that way, and you sell toys. We also, we get a reference to Grand Admiral Thrawn in this episode. We do that. That was really exciting because for skip ahead two minutes if you want to hear the end of. Well, in Rebels, stuff happens. I won't go and spoil it, but I will <laughs> say stuff happens where he's not dead at the end of Rebels. Right, sure. and they they brought him out of uh, out of non canon because he was he yeah. was a big he was a a big uh, favorite among the EU crowd. Yeah. Um, cause uh, he's heir of the very, empire. Yeah. He's a very sympathetic, well, he's a very sympathetic villain in, um, the heir to the empire trilogy. Right. Yeah. It was a wise decision on Disney's part to revive him. Yeah. I agree. Because they can do more with him now. And I think people will like it. I, I agree. I, I really, it, it gave a lot of people hope that we might see some version of the Thrawn trilogy eventually too. Yeah. I'm hopeful for that too. Oh, yeah. and, in Rebels, they do explain why he's not around during any of the regular movies and why he's where they do. They do something to keep him alive, but to take him out of why he's not there. Yeah. In in the EU, one of the big things they say is that it's a lot of the the Empire is very racist against non-humans. Right. Yeah. And but so that's you why you never that. see non-human officers. And he was like the only high ranking non-human officer in the Empire. But like racial politics kept him from being in charge of the battle of Endor. And that's why the empire lost the battle of Endors because Thrawn wasn't there. Yeah. Which is not wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, watch yeah. rebels and you'll see. Yeah. They, they do a good job with Thrawn. That's cool. So and I like that. I like the idea that she's like, uh, Elspeth is like a protege of his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wonder if they're going to do that for a new series or if that's going to be season three, that's Thrawn's going to come in. I, don't know. I think, new series i think this i think ahsoka's show is going to lead into her because things that again things that happen in rebels with ahsoka can lead to her hunting thrawn because she, she's uh, around in rebels too 
Okay. And as far as uh, I, I liked um, Rosario Dawson as as uh, as uh, Ahsoka. At first, I was like, "Well, no, no, that's not right," because Ahsoka would be like forty five, and and Rosario Dawson's got to be. Oh, oh no, yeah, you're right. Oh, <laughs> I've just been I can, seeing her I in movies for so long. I thought she was like twenty something. I can give you information that would fit that, but you might not want me to say it. <laughs> oh no, that's all right. Okay, let's. Just, I'll just say in very unspoilery, in Rebels stuff happens that can explain a little bit of that. Well, I, I'd be fine if her just being around because she's around. I mean, it makes sense that some Jedi would have escaped the Great Purge. And, you know, she'd be about Rosario Dawson's age now. It's been about 30 years since Clone Wars, so she'd be maybe they, 10 years older than Rosario Dawson at most. They explain things in Rebels. All right. So I'll watch just Rebels. watch Rebels. <laughs> All right, I'll watch Rebels. <laughs> I, like the, um, I like the siege of the town while Ahsoka and Elspeth are fighting and uh, Mando goes in. I thought that was good. That was. He kicks yeah. ass. I, I like when you get to see him be actiony and kill things and take out people. Like, it's cool to see. Yeah, and oh, again, yeah. it felt it felt very like samurai movie spaghetti western of the 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 lone stranger comes and rescues the town from the evil marshal kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And which I like. I like it when the show is doing that kind of stuff. I. I... Yeah, I didn't think about that, but yeah, that's a good way to put it. I just really enjoyed this episode. I just thought it was just really good. <laughs> but and then like the last three is where the it's kind of like the the three part finale of the year se- of the season because it's all connected, which I liked. I love stuff like that. I mean, when you see the title of episode six, you like I I knew bad things are going to happen. It's called the tragedy. I'm like, well, this ain't going to end well. Yeah, I I called the ending of this episode like as soon as it started. I'm like, oh okay, so he's gonna take him to that planet, and Moff Gideon's gonna kidnap him. Cool, cool. Because oh, we should say Ahsoka won't train him because he has an attachment, and she won't train another Jedi who has attachments. Which I again, I feel like a reference to Darth Vader and Anakin. I think that makes sense from and her point of view. <laughs> so she tells him to go to this temple on this random planet, and there's a seeing stone or some kind of stone where he can then communicate with. A, hopefully a Jedi will find him is, is the idea. Yeah, it'll like amplify through the force and people Jedi throughout the galaxy will be able to detect him, which feels like, yeah, but wouldn't bad Jedi like Sith also be able to? Well, all the Sith are pretty much dead at this point. As far as she knows. She's killed number of Inquisitors at this point. That makes sense. She's also um, been gonna... involved with Darth Maul. She's been involved with would fight like yeah she's been very involved with a lot of things up to this point i'm gonna say so we're on episode six the tragedy yes um my oh. least favorite episode of the of the whole series possibly okay i will comment that opinion one second do you know yeah. why ahsoka's lightsabers are not normal colors no well i'll put on my nerd glasses here the reason why they're different <laughs> colors is because she got them from inquisitors that she killed when she didn't have any lightsabers and when the kyber crystal went back from being red to becoming pure it becomes silver that's why she has two silver lightsabers Ooh, okay i was wondering why she didn't have yeah. the yellow ones that she has in clone wars she so, gives, there you, go. you never she give um she gives them up in clone wars okay stuff happens and she says fuck yeah you, i haven't finished clone wars and i haven't seen rebels so but that was cool i was i was like okay i guess she, she had to make fun. some new lightsabers cool she killed people to get them fair <laughs> because in in rebels they talk about it where some of the sith or not sith some of the jedi who were turned to the dark side became inquisitors instead of being murdered oh. and there's only so there's only i think there's less than 20 of them i think there's even less than that and the the darth vader comic explains what happens to a lot of them the Star Wars Jedi game with Cal that came out recently explains what happened to a couple of them. Fallen Order, yeah. Yeah, Fallen Order. So, I mean, there's only so many, and by the time it 
by the time we get to where we are, most are they're not very they're all dead. <laughs> yeah. Sounds I mean they are they earn their they earn their fate. So uh, Peter, what did you think of the beginning of the, the tragedy episode? I mean, uh are we are we on the have we gotten to the martial arts stuff yet? Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was a pretty action packed episode for me. Um it wasn't my favorite either. It was mine almost. <laughs> almost. I I do enjoy seeing Boba Fett in action. Um and I think but we've already, you know, for the past how many ever many episodes, we've already seen a Mandalorian in action. Um, so I'm I don't know. I'm not I wasn't like giddy with glee to see it. And when 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 Boba Fett comes up, he starts beating people with that Tuscan Raider staff, and then finally when he gets mm-hmm. his armor. Oh, I mean I, I should Jaffy say stick. is my favorite character in Star Wars. Well, one of my favorites, probably top five or top three. So when I get to see him be cool. I'm right. so happy. Yeah, I mean, so the thing is, is it felt like with this. So I was, I was excited for this one because I was like, okay, we're going to see Boba Fett in action, cool. And they brought back Ming Na Wen, who I have been in love with since she was on ER back in the early '90s, <laughs> right? So, and I'm like, and you know, she's great in Agents of Shield, and she knows a little kung fu, so this could be pretty cool. And then it felt really. Like kind of silly, like stormtroopers just running up a hill, just meat grinderish, and then they've got guns. But no, we're gonna run up and try to—I don't know—I guess beat Boba Fett in the face with our gun rather than shoot at him. And it felt just like it. It really sometimes the show is great, and sometimes the show is fine, but feels like a above-average episode of Xena. Warrior Princess, <laughs> oh, and this was the most Xena <laughs> yeah. Warrior Princess action scene they've ever had i felt like it was i was not a fan and they also made the mandalorian do stupid stuff for plot oh, okay like, take he, off that rocket pack oh no the 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 uh the empire's here you better run up the mountain and leave the and leave the rocket pack sitting on the ground you know no need to put on the rocket pack and fly up to the top of the mountain just uh no just run up the mountain slowly so that grogu can be kidnapped and leave your rocket pack on the ground and That's knock himself idea. out when you try to get grogu the second right. time it, it fell and, oh, and I'm yeah. Just keep running into the energy field. It'll it'll break eventually. Just keep running into it. No problem. I love this episode, but that's. <laughs> I mean, it had everything. I I mean, I had no problem with it. I didn't care. I'm like, hey, you get Mando out. You I got Boba Fett doing something cool for the first time ever in live that's action. True. Yes. So I was just like, you know what? I don't care. I got to see him take out two cruisers. I got to see him gun down freaking stormtroopers. Oh, and if I don't know if you guys noticed, but on the back of his jetpack in this show, you can see where Luke slashed him across the back. Yeah, I surprised. read about that later. That is that is Me awesome. Too. That I, I like the attention to detail there. I, I like that the armor didn't quite fit him anymore. Because <laughs> he's heavier. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because he's yeah, exactly. So it's like it was very like lots of gaps now. <laughs> I like but that. But it's okay like because powerful. the stormtroopers aren't even going to try to shoot him. They're they're going to run up and get beaten to death anyway. So he doesn't really need the. Armor. That was still cool. I when, did. I mean, so brutal. Yeah, I did love when he when he uses his rocket to blow up the ship, um, uh, blow up one of the transports that's leaving, and then he was like, oh, "I was aiming for the other one." You know? <laughs> yeah, I, that I was th- funny. I do think that was funny, and I think it's it's far time we got to see what that rocket on his jetpack does. So. Yeah. It, it makes well, kids have a choking hazard and not get created, I thought. Yeah, yeah. well, don't give it to your seven-year-old. <sighs> yeah, um, but no, I like those things. I, and I like uh, the, what's his name, as as Boba Fett. I think he does a good job. Does a good job. Morrison. 
Yeah, no, I, I think it's great that they got him back. And, I, like, I was looking at his face in this, too. Like, he's got all these scars on him. Like, I'm assuming a lot of that's from when he climbed out of the Scarlet Pick, which we haven't seen yet. Right. Right. God, I, I can't wait till we get all of that information of how he survived. And I hope they do that at some point. If you, you know, we did, we never did it, Mike, but, you know, the Dark Empire comic it doesn't talk about... Point. That exactly, but it does have Boba Fett's reappearance in that, and I know it's not canon now, but it's a nice, it's a nice alternate way of reintroducing him to the uh, Star Wars universe. Okay, well, so, some, I just don't know when exactly, but I, yeah. I do it. I think you'd like Dark Empire. You at least like the first one, and it does give you enough Boba Fett action in it. Okay, yeah. Um, I wasn't happy of them destroying the Razor Crest. Uh, it felt like it was just a, Hey kids, y'all like uh, slave one. Don't you, isn't slave one, a cool ship that you've seen a bunch of times. Well, (laughs) now we're going to make you have to be a slave one. Hey, this kid was happy. This, this 32 year old (laughs) kid was very happy that they got to drive in slave one. Fuck the razor crest. I want my old boy. (laughs) So I was happy. I I, I mean, I was, I was a little bit, but I, I'm, I was sad about the razor crest being destroyed. The only part that bothered me about razor crest getting destroyed is I think the razor crest is in, Rise of Skywalker, or that was the last movie called Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think the Razor Crest is in that scene when all the ships show up. So that a little bit like, well, but at the same time, I'm like, eh, he's well, gonna get a ship. I mean, I figure it's just a class of ship. There's millions of them. Yeah, but it was a cool. I thought I thought it was a cool reference to Mandalorian, which it might not have been because you know Rise of Skywalker had nothing to do with anything else. So mean, who knows? The 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 Disney movies are almost nothing but references, so I'm sure it was. <laughs> if I this is just an aside, but I remember the old story of how Boba Fett got Slave One was that he he saw like a ship and it was he, whatever whatever class of ship that Slave One was, it was like all docked together, and he liked it so much he destroyed the other ones so that his ship would be the only one of that to exist. Well, in the in the cur- I don't know if it's canon, but in Star Wars Bounty Hunter for the PS2, yeah. <laughs> Jango Fett steals it to get away from the prison planet. Oh god, is that what it was? I, I remember nothing of that game, by the way. The the prison break episode, your ship is destroyed, and so you have to travel across the planet across the planet and then steal the slave one from the prison. Interesting. So that's and but I don't know if it's can I don't I don't think the game is canon. I think the comic is, is canon, but I think the I don't think the game is, but nothing is canon from that time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Only that's the all. movies and the TV shows or only Rebels, Clone Wars, the movies were the only thing that stayed canon when Disney when Disney did their thing. No, yeah, you're right. They just brought back uh, some of the stuff from the comic in Clone Wars. They brought yeah, back they're just Jester, rebuilding Jester stuff. Mariel and yeah. uh, Jango. Yeah. Oh, okay. and the, the other thing I mentioned about this episode is also where he tells, because he ends up making a deal with, Boba Fett makes a deal with Mando saying, hey, you gave me my armor back. I will help you get the kid back. I'm with you till the kid is in your safety. And also, like, and they do that whole chain code. He's like, it was my father's armor, and it was now it is mine, and talks about that little thing. I like that. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered, um, because the armor is different looking, but I guess he just painted it. I've always wondered, did Boba Fett get his own armor at some point? And then what happened to Jango Fett's armor? But I mean, I guess, yeah, he just painted Jango Fett's armor. Well, the first part had to be when he clean, cleaned out his father's head out of the out of the right. helmet when he first got Helped it. That, out. My God, that part, man. <laughs> but. So this implies that little like eight year old Boba hung out on Geonosis after the Battle of Geonosis and took all the armor off his father's corpse, stuck <laughs> it in a bag or something, and then got to Slave One and escaped. He does show up in Rebels. Yeah, I mean, no, I figure he escaped, but it's just it's kind of funny to think of this little kid 
scooping his dad's skull out of the helmet and then yeah. getting it to the ship and escaping during the battle. Pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. I've always thought about that. Like, man, this got dark real fast. <laughs> Cause that last scene you see of him in that movie is him holding up the helmet with his dad after getting his dad, just getting sliced and he would have gotten cauterized. So I feel like it would have been cauterized inside the helmet. <laughs> I love the, just the fan edit of he picks up that helmet and, the, and then the, the, the head falls out. <laughs> I've never seen that. Yeah. That's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> I like the very end of this episode where we find out that we're going to get more Bo Burnham. Is it? That's, that's the last episode. We're not there well, yet. Well, it's at the end of this one. Well we, f- well, we find out he's coming with them. Right. At the end of this episode, he tells Cara Dune, hey, we need to break this guy out of prison. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Shot. Sorry. I thought you it's meant just something else. It's just a And I'm like, ooh. Because I, I really like uh, Mr. Space Boston. Bill Barr. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bill Barr. I say Bo Burnham. Bill yeah. Barr. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Burr. I was say, but Bill I thought Burr. it was funnier. I thought it was funnier the way it was because yeah. I'm trying to imagine Bo Burnham doing what Bill Burr is doing. Yeah, Bill Burr. Not Bill Barr either. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many people with double Bs. Let's get rid of them. Uh, you like, feel like a comic book or something where everyone has the last name and the first name in the same letter. Mm-hmm. It's called alliteration. <laughs> yeah, Mix Mayfield played by Bill Burr. There you go. <laughs> I don't think, and then. Yeah, this, so this 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 episode, and oh, is this the part where, no, if we forgot to mention this, there's this really stupid line that I have to talk about in the episode before this, when the rebel pilot shows up to the planet with the, the fake tattooing from the first right. season, and talks to Cara Dune, he's like, you're from Alderaan, right? She's like, yeah, <laughs> like, did you lose anyone? And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> there were 20 billion people on Alderaan. <laughs> Like you blew up the planet. No, my whole family left before the Death Star lined up that laser cannon. You heard the alarm was going. Laser cannon lined up. Please evacuate. Like, come on now, people. <laughs> it was so pointless. Yeah. It's completely. You don't have to make everything a reference to the original trilogy. She can I, just be a person. I mean, I was okay with her being Alderaan. I just didn't understand. Like, I mean, I it felt like, was it a reference to be like, this guy is really that stupid? I don't think that's what they were going for. But that's all I took it. Like, are you that dumb? I think I, it was a reference to the audience being that stupid. They're like, if we say Alderaan, there's going to be people who've never seen Star Wars that only watch Mandalorian who don't oh. know what Alderaan is. So we need to make sure we uh, let the audience know this that everybody died in Alderaan or that a lot well, of people died in Alderaan. Yeah, there was other ways to write it. You could have said, like, I'm sorry. Right. Or something. Yeah. And then people would have... Like, your whole planet was destroyed, but did you lose anyone? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it, <laughs> It just needed to be worked over a few more times in the script room. Yeah. Uh, it, it's one of my... It, it, every time I see it, I laugh. It, I saw it again when I'm like, oh my god, this is stupid and funny to me at the same time. Before we leave the tragedy, I want to point out this episode is directed by Robert Rodriguez. That's it's awesome. Yeah. This is from I mean, the scene of him playing with a, the doll, right? Where he's playing the guitar for it. I mean, not in the show, but in the YouTube thing I saw. I haven't seen that. Uh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah, where he's sitting there playing his guitar while the Baby Yoda uh, dances. Yeah, because it's probably the only episode he directed, right, I think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. It's the only one he directed. To, I, I don't think he directed any in the first season. Okay, that's what I was getting at. But Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> All right, and then you get into the, the, the next two episodes. Well, the next one is a prison break. Or not really, not really a prison break. It's a... This is a... Fucking good episode, though. This was my favorite episode of the entire series. I loved this episode. It was. I, I agree. So he uh, goes... Oh, you go, Peter. I was gonna... I don't know if um, 
I wanted to make sure I got this in. Um, if anyone's seen, this is movie, when they're transporting the stuff, was a direct reference to two other movies called The Wages of Fear and Sorcerer, um, where a bunch of um, lowlifes in Mexico have to transport nitroglycerin in trucks from one mining company to another, and it's like the slightest bump will blow up their vehicle. And they're really good movies. You should definitely check them out if you find them. But this was direct reference to that, and I got so excited to see it because I really love both those films. And the Very idea cool. of transporting something where the slightest, you know, the slightest error will send you to a fireball is just, which is perfect for me. That's a, that's a <laughs> plot point of John Wayne's Rooster Cogburn as well. Oh, really? Wagon full of, uh, wagon full of nitroglycerin will explode if it gets jostled too hard. Then that's, yeah. then that's also reference to Wages of Fear. Oh, I bet. Was, yeah. So that, but that's, I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's a, it's a fine episode. Like I, 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 I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Like I like how like the whole part is like so. Cara Doom became a marshal or working for the government now, New Republic. That doesn't really last long, right? Eventually. Say what? Doesn't the New Republic get destroyed? Oh, I mean, Later? according to the the new movies. In the new movie, in the new movies, well, they blow up whatever he- whatever headquarters was in the Force Awakens. Um, but the New Republic wasn't destroyed. They just didn't come to the aid of. They're just taking a really long time to come to the aid of uh, the, the the resistance, I think. Yeah, that's that's the thing with the new Star Wars movies is they didn't. Yeah. I guess they felt like we wouldn't be able to sympathize with the government, so they're like, "No, yeah. it's the resistance again." Just like in the first series, remember, everything old is new again. And was, uh, yeah, there, but there was a new Republican. Yeah, the the uh, whatever the the Death Star three point blows it <laughs> blows it up. Yeah. Um, and, Force Awakens. I don't even right. remember what the name of the planet was, but anyway, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. In in the EU, the New Republic is on Coruscant. Yeah, which exactly. makes sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I liked it. I liked the prison planet that uh, that Bill Burr is working on, uh, where they're like dismantling old Imperial stuff. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, and the uh, it's all droid guards, mm-hmm. <laughs> which. Which works for me. I, I thought that yeah. was like, I mean, he, I don't like that actor normally. Like, I don't know him much, but I didn't really care for him in the first season, but this, I actually enjoyed him in. He's, you know, in real life, he's the same as his character. So, oh. yeah, in, in, in real life, um, I don't know how I feel about him as like a person, but I always find him very funny. Yeah. Whenever he's on anything. And I, I, I like uh, somebody updated Wikipedia and took a screenshot before it got fixed that showed his, uh, his uh, home planet is Space Boston. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. they should just run with that they should make they should it. yeah i mean yeah. The, the thing about it is is if if all the imperial people can have british accents except yeah. for Giancarlo carlo then then let let uh let this dude be from a place of a boston accent why not right yeah. why not um i i liked him a lot in it i liked that his character we get backstory on his character i like the backstory of his character uh one of the things that i you know i really like about the Republic Commando novels, right? Uh, at the time those came out, we didn't have Clone Wars yet when the first book came out. And so we're getting some backstory on these Republic Commandos, and they're basically stormtroopers, you know? And so it's like, we're getting to see, well, you know, they're just people. And that's the thing with the Empire. Most of the people in the Empire, they're not the officers and stuff, but there were just soldiers who were yeah. probably enlist, uh, probably drafted even. Right. Well, maybe they were running away from a giant slug-like creature that they just stole something from, and they had to enlist really quickly, otherwise they were going to get captured. 
that that possible too. <laughs> Maybe they had to join so they can get eaten by a Wookiee, right? <sighs> so I was I, I like the idea of having former Imperial soldiers who have kind of mental battle scars. Yeah, and and I liked it a lot. I I liked his whole thing with the Operation Cinder and all that. Um, and and uh, Imperial commanding officer guy was really good. You're talking about having good yeah. Imperial officers. This was a real good classic Imperial officer. I felt it like. was it, it was the guy who played the um, the White Walker King on Game of Thrones. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I forget the actor's name, but he's like a very intense actor. Um, okay this 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 episode actually made me care for this character because I hated him in the first step in the first season. Well, I didn't hate him. I didn't really care for him. Miggs Mayfield. Yeah, I did not like okay. him, and this made you actually like you kind of like him, like that whole like. And what was up with those random pirates that were trying to blow up their ship? I did. I, I had problems with that too because it it felt to me like they. It seemed to me like that was an act of people like rebels or something. Like the, yeah, it seemed like the planet's indigenous people were like trying to blow up these things. In which case, you're like, oh, you should probably be on the side of those rebels. But then they called them pirates, which I wondered if they did that in like post-production or something because i don't see why a pirate want to blow up a shipment of um i exactly yeah i I felt like they should have left it like that because at the end they they very much it feels like they're saying no these guys the pirates are good and and that was the thing it it did feel exactly like indigenous people not you know liking these people just you know taking over their planet and fighting back and then the mandalorian has to kill some of them to because he's got Ultimately, his goal is to save Grogu, and yeah. everything else is going to, all, all other things, morality, everything is going to have to go to the side. That's why he's willing to break Mayfield out of prison. Or yeah. Mayfield out of prison. Uh, he, you know, Mayfeld's a bad guy. He doesn't, and, and betrayed him. He doesn't like him, but he's going to do what he has to do to save Grogu. And so I like the idea of they should have left it more morally ambiguous yeah. instead of making it like, oh, they're pirates. Yeah, but but it could be just that the Empire calls them pirates. That's too. true. Yeah, and they didn't address it. It's maybe that's too complicated for a for the Mandalorian TV show. But I feel like you know a book like a Star Wars novel definitely would have gone into that uh, moral conundrum. But again, yeah, we, it, we lost that sophistication. Exactly, and it feels similar to in the first episode. We see the Tusken Raiders portrayed in a positive light for the first time right. ever. Yeah, because the Tusken Raiders have always just been. And almost racist, just uh, bad natives that kill, <laughs> that attack you for no reason. And yeah. then in the first episode, it's like, no, I'm on the Tuscan side. I yeah. agree with the Tuscans. What are all these humans doing on Tatooine? Yeah. This is <laughs> this is not this is this Tuscan is, land. Yeah, these are the native peoples, and you humans are there. You're not guests, right? And Mando <laughs> speaks their language and is able right. to get along with them and everything. And I love that. That was one of my favorite things from the first episode. So I like the idea of you know coming back to that idea, uh, and I felt like they could have done more of it. But they did some. They showed them rolling through the indigenous town and everyone like staring daggers at them and like yeah, that that was cool. And, and they're like new empire or empire, new republic. They don't care. To these people, we're just invaders on their land. Like I like that. Yeah, right. exactly, yeah. exactly. Essentially, I mean that's what they are. So it was a good. I thought it was yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah. It doesn't detract from the episode, which I did enjoy a ton. So. And I agree with you that it, it, it shouldn't have been pirates. It should have, I mean, because it was they didn't call them pirates. It was the Imperials that called them. So that, that would right. make sense. The Imperials yes, that wouldn't yeah, that makes sense. say, hey, the natives here don't like us. 
right? You know, because they're the good guys. Like, like I mean, if you see later when you have like that whole scene when they when after they they deliver the shipment, you know, the one people that survive and that officer's talking, the slimy officer's talking to him, and he's like, "The Empire will live. The Empire <laughs> rises. People don't want people don't want freedom. They want control." Yeah, yeah. Man, that was a slimy, but it also felt very like I'm like, yeah, I can understand where you're coming from, buddy. It's a I good, like I like a good one episode of villain. Yeah, uh, it was a good. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was I felt like you know in the first season him taking off the helmet was this like real big deal, yeah. And in this season he's taken off the helmet left and right. And uh, he only like, does oh, you got to take it off twice. to scan it to scan your besides face. drinking. Say what? He only takes it off twice in this in this show for this season. Uh, he took it off um, on uh, t- when he met. Boba Fett, too. Are you sure? I don't think he did. I think so. I maybe I not. Feel, I feel like the first time we saw it was this episode. Was yeah, with, uh, Pedro okay. Pascal. Yeah, I think no. it would have. I think it would have had more weight if he didn't take it off till the final scene of the final episode in this one. I, I do agree. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get the act. The actor want to get some credit for the show. People don't know who <laughs> sure. he is. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's part of. It. I didn't recognize him in the new Wonder Woman until someone pointed out who it was. So I was like, oh, okay. He, the best part of that movie is him. Which is not and saying I, much, I don't think. No, that's not I really much. liked it for a lot. I just watched it last night. But oh, boy. <laughs> We're going to get sidetracked. That's why that, that could be a whole episode by itself someday. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Bring me back if you wanted someone to argue with about that. <laughs> okay. I, I, I actually really enjoyed I cried during that movie. I, I'll like, come I on too. Like, oh, what, what, that's a, the, my one, my one minute thing I want to say about the movie is that <laughs> it's a movie that is made, that is not a made like a comic book movie that we would expect in this era. And it's something completely different. And it, it's just a very different type movie. And it's not probably marketed toward the right audience. It's a romantic movie in a way. I it's like odd. that part of it. Yes. But, all right, go back it to what all, it was just super gross stuff I didn't care for. Yeah, that there's not much of it. But so we were saying, like this episode I thought was also like I love when he, when they're sitting at the they're sitting at the table and they got the code, they just gotta get out of here and they're talking and the guy's like, Hey, remember Operation Sent, you know, he brings up Operation Center and he's like, They tear over the Empire, boy, and I'm just like oh, that oh, I, I felt the tension. I was like, uh oh, oh no, st- something's this is about to go down. Man, yes. Maybe it was like not a, gonna sit here for this. It was like uh what Inglorious Bastards, yeah, I was trying yes. to think of that. When they're in the, you know, when they're at the diner with the Nazi officers, and he's like, "This is about to explode into violence." It's just yeah, uh, it's it's that tension building and building yeah. and building. I love how, I, and I also love how the the Empire guy is just so like he's so messed up in the head where he believes, like he believes what he's saying. Like you can feel, like he believes, you know, like here's the Empire. What we're doing is right. We're saving these people, even though we murdered all of them. We're saving them. Like this whole yeah, yeah. he's and, a true believer. Yes. Well, hey, I mean, we we have seen in 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 recent history that it doesn't take much to get people to follow the cult. Okay, it doesn't take yeah. much at all. Very true. Yeah. I was always interested how 1930s Germany happened, and now I understand. Completely. Yeah, <laughs> now you know. I understand. I am, um, and I also as much, uh, even though I'm not a big Cara Dune fan, I enjoyed her and Finnick like up on the uh, up on the ridge sniping. I oh, it was, was cool. cool. They were good yeah. team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I might not be crazy about her off the camera antics but on on camera she she played the characters good yeah i, yeah. I thought it was i thought it was a cool little thing of the two of them kind of like trading shots and stuff and it was yeah I, I liked i liked this episode from beginning to end it's so good yeah definitely one of the better and like everything I mean, you get to see slave one be cool and rescue them like uh hell yeah it's like fun yeah and the only thing that i felt was stupid but i liked it at the same time is at the end of this episode because the whole point of them going to this this 
this planet and going to this place is they're going to get the code so they can find Moff Gideon's cruiser and you right. know, and you have that part where Bill, where well, this is not super part, but I want to, I should say, where, where when they're on the ship leaving and Bill Barr ends up shooting and blows up the entire refinery. <laughs> And I'd be like, hey, some people got to sleep at night. And, you know, and, <laughs> and then you have that. I, I like that part. They're like, well, he prisoner X blah, 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 died in the in the explosion, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. And the guy just like, I can go. huh? I, OK, I'll just go. <laughs> he just walks off. Yeah. Like, but then oh. I was like, wait, this this planet, like, does it even have ships? <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming wouldn't every planet I almost guess. have ships or something? Yes. Hopefully they have like another spaceport somewhere. I mean. Yeah. Because otherwise they just like stranded him in a jungle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I mean, on a planet full of indigenous people that want to kill Imperials <laughs> that look a lot like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hey, he's free, right? Yeah, yeah, I like that. I, I would have also been happy if he stuck around for the next episode, but I like that. I mean, the yeah. next episode is all about girl power, though, too, so. Which I, yeah. I felt like after reading things online, and I'm okay with that. That was yeah. Okay, the dumb thing I want to say, at the end of this episode, he calls Moff Gideon on his cell phone, uh, where he sends the radio transmission through the little hologram, you have something that's very important to me, and you don't understand, you know, talking about the baby. I'm like, why would you tell him you're coming? Just leave it all. I don't know. It's very, uh, it's very badass. It you're is. Like, I'm but- not going to sneak in. I want you to know I'm coming. I know. I just, but I mean, he, he still, they sneak in, but still, I'm like, don't tell him. Don't warn him. Just go get him. Yeah, it's it's almost the Liam Neeson that I have a cert, I have a specific set of skills, you know, kind of thing. Like he's just like, I'm not gonna use element of surprise. I want you to know I'm coming and be afraid. I I, I was fine with it. It's not re- maybe not realistic, but it was cool. Yeah. And then you get into the last episode, which is my favorite of this entire season. It was a good one. One because as I've said, Bubble Fett's my number three favorite character. My number favorite, my number one character showed up in this season in this episode. So. That, that played a big part. You're talking yeah. about Bib, For- Bib Fortuna, right? Hey, I was happy to see Bib hey, Fortuna. Bib Fortuna came back. Really it's the same actor, too. I like Bib Fortuna in, in Return of the Jedi. I, yeah, I remember Return of the Jedi, but when I went to rewatch it during my Star Wars rewatches, I couldn't do it. So I don't think Return of the Jedi holds up the way I remember it holding up oh, the kid. Gosh. I love Return of the Jedi. I, I, my second favorite Star Wars I movie. I disagree, Mike. I disagree. I, I think I might have been like kind of burned out because I was watching. It was the last one I was watching after all of them. Oh, That's your mistake. No. Oh, I think I never actually finished. I just got I, I watched the part I cared about was Jabba's palace and I turned off the movie. Oh, uh, it was just <laughs> oh, I, I love Return of the Jedi. I was just but, tired um, of at that point. Okay. I, I like I like Bib Fortuna. Plus, I know I ran out of time. I was trying to watch everything before Rise of Skywalker. I went and saw Rise of Skywalker in theaters and I just was done with Star Wars for the moment. <laughs> So I think that was what it was. Okay, yeah, Never I can see that. Like, that can sour you on anything. Um, okay, oh, so this episode, cool. this episode is cool. Yeah. It. So the whole point is they they get they go they first they arrest or not arrest I shouldn't say arrest first they capture the doctor from the season one that was working on the baby and like I like that whole scene where they go and get his shuttlecraft and the one pilot's yeah. like hey, hey I'm I'm good you can have I'll, I'll I'm not with him and then the guy just <laughs> shoots him because when they board the ship and they real and the 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 Imperials realize they're not pirates that they're actually like you know more organized and they want and they know who the doctor is he put he shoots the other guy and puts a gun up to the doctor and says you you know we'll kill you or whatever and and when he starts like talking about Cara Dune and Alderaan the rebels and everything and she just shoots him in the face yeah oh, that was great yeah I liked it because he he I mean he got what he got what was coming like I mean no question uh and again more 
real shady Imperials. And it makes sense because the Imperials that are still here at this point, they're more aware of what they're doing and they know they're, you know, they're, they're monsters kind of people at this point. Yeah, I think so. Right. And they're not, uh, we get, uh, Katie Sackhoff again. Right. And I like that whole, like very tense, you know, bar scene with, uh, Fett and Finnick and Bo-Katan and the, uh, other Mando Mandalorian woman. I like when he's like, I got it from my father. Don't you mean your donor? Oh. <laughs> like, ah! I love that. Damn. Yeah. yeah. I I have no idea what's happening either. You know, he's like, what? What's going on? Who cares? Yeah. I love all that. I, and I, I just love all the little references to things in here. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it makes sense that like any Mandalorian would consider Boba Fett like kill on sight, basically, because right. he's, even if you're not part of that, like cult, that uh that Jin Jardin was raised in, you still they don't like non Mandalorians wearing the armor, you know? Yeah, and he's not a Mandalorian. Yeah. And he's not a good person either. Like he's a no. bad freaking character. Lots of the Mandalorians are bad people now, so good point. But yeah, I don't know. I just I see him as a very bad guy. But I, I um I, I thought that was cool and they had the little bar fight and all that hang together. I didn't know that other girl, other Mando, the other Mandalorian that's with um, Bo-Katan is a wrestler from, w- I think, WCW. No. She's a wrestler. I know that. Mm. I didn't know. Or I didn't know that. Until, is it WCW? I don't know the hell WWE. WWE, that's what it is. Sorry. WCW is an old thing. Oops. <laughs> I'm not a wrestling fan. Oh, I, I don't. I don't do wrestling. I don't know. She, she's a wrestler. Uh, Mercedes Vernado. But that, all that WWE. was. WWE. Okay. All that was Sasha really. Banks. Really cool. <laughs> oh, you're fine. We're giving giving finality to my messed up things. I can't remember. There you go. Well, um, yeah, no, I liked her um, as the Koska. It's and I was wondering what happened to the other guy because when you first see them, episode three, there's three of them. Right. But the guy got killed off or disappeared or not with him for some reason. Yeah. Did they explain it? Nope. I didn't think they did. Yeah. My I, assumption is that we want to do a girl power episode and we can't do it if he's here, so we're just going to not have him here. Yeah, I guess. That was my assumption. Yeah. <laughs> Same reason we got rid of Bill Burr, probably. Because <laughs> then they get, yeah, because they get everyone together, then they go and they, and the way that they raid the ship is awesome, where they, they take, they took the Imperial shuttle, and they're driving in with Slave One trying to destroy, oh, I need to go, I forgot a, a comment I need to make, in the episode before, when they're trying, when they go to raid that refinery, and they have to put on the Stormtrooper outfits, and uh, Mando doesn't want to take off his helmet. And Bill Bill Barr is like, I can't go alone. And Cara Dune can't go because they'll check her. And then he looks at Boba Fett, can't you go? And he said, they might recognize my face. <laughs> and I cracked up so hard both times. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't even get it till just now. Yeah. yeah. Because the other clones. I was like, yeah, because Boba Fett would have a record. That makes sense. Well, not, yeah. not that, no. the clones. The clones. No, I know. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even catch that. In. It's because a great. The clones are out uh, at this point in the canon. The clones are all long gone, but they would still right. recognize. I mean, they would still recognize. Yeah, I know. People would recognize them. There were yeah. there were there were trillions of them. They'd recognize them. <laughs> I love it's that. He's a, like, they might recognize my face. It's a double. Yeah, it's a double uh, entendre. Yeah, I liked it. I, I like. I didn't catch it at the time, but I liked it. Okay, so, back to the last episode. <laughs> so yeah, they they have the lambda the lambda class shuttle, just like a Return of the Jedi, your favorite. Mm-hmm. Shuttle. <laughs> Return of Jedi was my favorite for a long time. Yeah, they had the that's the the class shuttle that the uh, mm-hmm. that Han Solo and she's like tells Chewie, you know, fly casual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I also like how the fact that like I felt why they're being attacked by 
um, slave one because they probably don't have clearance codes. Right. So they can't, they have to do it in a way that they're not getting attacked because they're like, uh, if they ask them for clearance codes, it's going to be like, what's your clearance codes? Uh, huh, we got bad connection, sir. Huh, just let us land. Like, you know, when, when, yeah. Right. And then they're like, you need to clear the way so we can get these TIE fighters out. And then he just crashes it straight into the, <laughs> in, into their shuttle bay. That was, that was cool though. I like, liked it a lot. I thought that was really neat. It's also badass when they come, when they get out and they just start gunning down every. Like they just start taking out everybody. Yeah, because you expect again reference time. It's going to be like in A New Hope when the stormtroopers are going to come on board, and then like a helmet's going to go rolling down the the ramp, and it's like, nope, we're just going to come out guns blazing. I do love that scene. I liked it. I liked it. It was subverting expectations. And mm-hmm. right when they start landing, because their whole thing is that Mando has to slip away because he's like, activate the dark. Because they don't have a lot of soldiers because, it's, you know, the Empire is kind of falling apart. But they have the dark troopers to make up for. It's like, activate the dark troopers. And that, God, that whole scene where Mando sneaks off and he gets he gets to the bay right when they're about to, you know, they're, they're activating. They're just about to come out and he closes the bay door. And you just see the hands grab the door and push it open. And the dark trooper steps out. I was just like, oh, yes. Yeah, and I like the whole. So I thought that it was a little silly. This like, oh, the dark troopers, we keep them at like a low temperature for reasons, and so they'll <laughs> have. Lot. It takes like three minutes for them to start up, and so and all that. I was like, oh, okay, come on. I, I have a question about these because I was talking to my friends about it. So I assumed before this episode, and even during this episode, for most of the episode, that the dark troopers were made out of Beskar. Because it's this like shiny black metal, you shoot them over and over again and nothing happens. And so until the ending that we'll talk about later, I was like, oh, they're made out of Beskar. That's cool. I mean, they could have been like... the Imperials kill, Moff Gideon's guys killed a ton of of Mandalorians. They must have, you know, it must have been to harvest the Beskar so they can make these things. That's really cool. And then it turns out they're definitely not made out of Beskar. Well, it could have been like Beskar plated maybe. Because nothing destroys them but a lightsaber. Okay, sure. I mean, you you know, that, I mean, that's you not how I took it. Because, I mean, we saw Ahsoka chop on uh, Mando's arm on his little bracers that can't be more than, like, a quarter inch thick. Okay, so she maybe they're fake, chop, chopped fake on them, Beskar. So. How about that? Beskar, imitation Beskar. <laughs> I don't know. But I, but, I thought that the, the way they were shown and everything, I thought the show was implying... From episode six, I thought they were implying, oh, these are Beskar droids. It's going to oh, be really... We even said that the, the Dark Troopers are what took Baby Yoda a couple right. episodes ago, the tragedy where you see Baby Yoda put little shackles on him, too. We didn't yeah. say that. Yeah, like but that. I like the Dark Troopers. I liked them. Oh, they're excellent. There is a, it turned it into kind of a monster movie because we finally have something that Mando can't just, like, beat down. Like, these yeah. are these stronger than him, faster than him. And I, just I, like him, he has like a superpower. He's like Superman, right? Like mm-hmm. you have stormtroopers running around in their armor that is apparently completely and utterly useless. I don't know what stormtrooper armor is supposed that, to block. Can paintballs, I guess. I don't know. But then the, Mando, the, the whole thing. Show, yeah. When when they meet one of the old clone clone troopers, he makes a comment about how they don't make the armor like they used to, yeah. and how it's flimsy and cheap. Because the idea is that the Empire gave a didn't give a shit about their people and it was cheaper to make this armor because they didn't they just they just you know conscripted people they didn't give a shit yeah, yeah. I, I know it's just from really it just has to do with the first star wars movie they just wanted them to look cool yeah, yeah. but no. but still it's just it's funny because mando so much of the show he's a badass not just because he's cool but also because he has magic armor that can't be broken 
So I, there's so many times where he's he just stands there and gets shot, and it's just kind of like when someone shoots a gun at Superman kind of thing. And so to have somebody that can actually beat him down and that he's kind of afraid of, I thought was really good. Hey, he earned that armor. He yeah. had to, he oh, had to I, earn the baby in the first season and take the baby back and get that armor. That's true. And, you know, <laughs> I, I also, I liked, I, I liked the idea that the thing that's like his, his nemesis, the thing that can actually like take him down and almost get him, you know, is what orphaned him in the first place, right? It's droids. He, he hates droids because he was orphaned by droids as a kid. And now he's got to fight these like monstrous super droids to save a kid. I like that. I like that. Yeah, that is a cool thing. So I like the, the Beskar spear comes back also. Yeah, that that was cool to see him fight with a spear and use it. And like the whole like that's why he takes out the dark troopers because he, he can't hurt it. He ends up shoving the spear through it. And that's what finishes it off. Yeah, through yeah. like the neck joint. And at the same time that he's fighting this thing, you can see them punching the glass, trying to break out. And then he ingenuous them all in the space. Oh, so, so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And when that happened, I was like, well, they're just going to fly back to the ship. <laughs> I didn't expect that. I thought, oh, okay, that get that gets rid of them. I didn't think about they could fly through space, but I they thought can. that's going to get rid of them yeah. for act two, act three. They're going to fly back to the ship. That's what, that was what I thought. So it's, and, and- and then he Ooh. goes to the cell and he finds his Grogu and that I like that with Gideon like Gideon's like oh you can have him I don't want him just leave me alone okay and he just falls for it and he and I'm <laughs> he okay with it falls for it <laughs> because he's he's so focused on the kid and rescuing this this like his child kind of at this moment so he's not thinking straight like this guy's a mass murderer he's not just and he has a freaking lightsaber he's not just gonna let me walk away yeah I'm okay with it I know. <laughs> He does he be- know about the lights? He knows about the dark saber, but does he know what it is yet? I don't think he. I mean, he doesn't yeah. even know what Jedi are, so probably not. I mean, he no, thought I, one. he should know, but yeah. But all he's heard is Bo-Katan told him he has a thing that I want. I don't think he actually has heard about the dark saber specifically. He the dark saber out when he comes in the room. I thought. Well, right, but I mean, until that point. Yeah. See, if I walk in the room and you're holding a giant glowing sword, I'm not going to walk too close to you. Well, he's got the Beskar armor, though, so... <laughs> Which proves it. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't break it. <laughs> Beskar spear, so... I actually was thinking, because I didn't know about Darksaber from Clone Wars. I missed that episode. So when they were talking about the Darksaber, I was like, oh, it's like a lightsaber, but it can cut Beskar, I bet. And then it, it didn't, so... It is a lightsaber. Yeah, it's, it's just a lightsaber. It's made by a Mandalorian who became a Jedi, who was like one of the early Jedi or early Mandalorian, something like that. And he was the king of man. It, there, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, yeah, no, I, I looked it up later. Yeah. Okay. The Darksaber is also in Rebels, too. So it yeah. does have a definite like where things that were happening with it and, it and contains another one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. Yeah, I figured. I figured it was from Rebels. Yeah. yeah. I need to watch Rebels. <laughs> and this show, I mean, I, I bet we're going to see Sabine next season at the rate this show is going. So. I thought she. Oh, never mind. She. I, I thought she died. If I remember correctly, she did not. But oh, okay. I'm pretty sure she didn't. I'm pretty sure nobody. Well, okay. Okay, nobody died. But he had to die because he he couldn't be in there because he had a lightsaber. So you know you can't really have Jedi in something that takes place right before New Hope with the freaking same freaking people. So right, right. Might be an issue. Like, well, I'm a Jedi. Oh, we already got two of those over here in the back. We don't need you, Luke Skywalker. Put away that sword. Get away out of here. We got uh, trained. That's, that's always that's always kind of the problem with expanding the universe beyond you know a movie that was made as a spec script for Flash Gordon. You expand <laughs> it too far and things start to fall apart a little bit. You just have to do it in different time zones, different time that's, histories. That's all. Exactly. You just don't want to be right before the movies happen. Give me my old Republic movie. 
We'll never get in that. But no. I, I, I doubt it. But okay, the other thing about this episode, like, and after the dark troopers go out, we said that he he fights Gideon. That's cool. And then he uh, he captures Gideon and he takes the dark saber. And at the same time, the girl squad is killing everybody, and they get into the the bridge looking for Moff Gideon. That scene when he when Mando walks into the bridge with carrying the dark saber, and you just see her eyes go to it. Oh man, yeah. that was great. Right. I thought we were about to get a whole other fight. <sighs> she wanted to, and he's like, yeah. "Here, I yield. It's yours." And, he, and I love how Gideon just starts laughing. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Good. Gideon knows. I love it. <laughs> I mean, because she didn't defeat him in combat. And the whole thing about the Darksaber is about the story of the Darksaber and how you won it. And she didn't win it. <laughs> so I, he's I like, forward. I yield. And, and, and he's like, that doesn't work. That's not it. <laughs> I can't wait till we get more of that. What's going to happen with that thing? Yeah. In season three. <laughs> I assume it's got to come back. Yeah. And I'm assuming. Yeah. So, so Peter, you don't the Dark Saber wasn't any of the ca- of like the comics or anything, was it beforehand? Uh there was a there was a book called Dark Saber, but it was about something completely different. Oh, mm-hmm. I read I, I have that book. It's about a uh, they make a new Death Star. <laughs> yeah, um, like fifteen years after Return of the Jedi, that is just the uh, just the laser chamber, so it's shaped right. like a lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was it was the Huts that did it, um, mm-hmm. but it's it has nothing to do with this Dark Saber, so it's no. completely new to me. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. I wish I could remember exactly how Rebels ended because I'm looking at things and it's like I'm seeing stuff and I can't remember any of it. Yeah, well, I think you gave us the the gist though. You know, it's like the Mandalorian Force user King had it, and yeah, but there's like I don't remember what, where it is at the end or who has it at the end of Rebels because the character I think that has it doesn't have it apparently in this because. Moff Gideon has it, so it has me worried now. I think the implication is that Moff Gideon killed that person and won it. Yes, right? I'm hoping it's not the case, but we'll find out eventually. <laughs> I can't remember Rebels at all, and I watched it uh, a couple. I watched it when I got Disney Plus, but I just can't remember it. Yeah, it's in my queue. I get to so, it. It's good. All right, and then like that, and uh, when they get to the, they get to the, you know, the captain's quarters. You think everything's gonna, you know, they're having that little debate, and that's when they see the dark troopers come back. Yeah. They fly right back in the ship, and I'm just like, oh, this is going to be glorious. And then, you know, when Moff Gideon's like, you're all going to be dead in here, except for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, like, you had the whole buildup as the Dark Troopers are landing and coming. They lock the door. They're just waiting and waiting. And the Dark Troopers are just banging on the door. And all of a sudden, you see one X-Wing just fly in. They're like, <laughs> one X-Wing. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, there's not that many people it could be. I'm like, ah, oh, it's not going to be Luke. They wouldn't put Luke. There's going to be somebody else. I'm like, hmm. Exactly what I, I wonder that, but then as soon as I saw that green lightsaber come out, then it was, my only yeah. question at that point was, as he got closer to the bridge, I was like, are they going to do it CGI, or how are they going to do this? Or oh, I, I was thinking, how good was it going to look? Is it going to be like Tarkin level, or is it going to be better? Man, and then yeah. when I saw, I kept looking. I was looking at the hand. I'm like, looking at the hand. I see the glove. And I'm like, oh, the yeah. glove, the green. I'm like, no, nope. silver, the silver it. belt buckle. I yeah. was so giddy during this episode because mm-hmm. I had stayed, I had stayed spoiler free because I watched this like immediately in the morning on Friday. Yeah, so did I was at work, and a friend, and in my like group chat, a friend of mine's like, hey, I just watched the new Mandalorian. Don't get on the internet today. <laughs> <laughs> so I got home and I told my son, I was like, all right, we're watching. Last episode of Mandalorian right now, as soon as I got home so we could watch it. And uh, yeah, when that when the X-Wing flew in, I was just like you. I was like, well, the obvious thing would be for it to be Luke Skywalker, but they're not going to do that. 
They're yeah. not going to do that. It's going to be Ahsoka. Ahsoka just has an X-Wing for some reason. And we decided to bring back Ahsoka. And then, you know, in the new Ahsoka series, she, you know, uh, it's going to be Ahsoka and Grogu for a while or something. And that's what I thought. And then, yeah, you see the green lightsaber. I go, oh, my God, it is Luke. Question uh-huh. is, <laughs> did they bring back Mark Hamill or are right. we doing deep fakes? <laughs> Man, that was interesting. Every when he rips through those dark troopers, oh, it is just glorious how he massacres them. Yeah, and that was when I was like, oh, okay, I guess they're not made out of Beskar because he is just chopping through them like they're made out of tinfoil. So, and this is my this version of Luke, like right after Return of the Jedi or Return Jedi, the way he is in the black cloak. This is my favorite character in Star Wars. One of my probably my favorite. Yeah, I, he's up there for me. I like the the Luke from because this is like this is like two years before Thrawn trilogy timeline. So this is Luke, you know, like uh, two or three years before. If you're going with the old non-canon stuff, this is Luke <laughs> a couple of years before he founds the new Jedi Academy. It's it's the Luke that you meet in Jedi Outcast. It's it's kind of Luke at the height of his powers almost, or not quite the height. But getting there, this is Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. I love it. So good. I love oh, it. Oh man, and mm-hmm. and all and the thing that makes me so happy about this is now Dark Troopers are canon again. There you go. That's true. Thank you, Star Wars Dark Forces. I mean, yeah. they started. I was always a big proponent of that, and now I've been proven right. That's yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, it makes complete and utter sense to have them. So I love, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, 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 I'm someone who doesn't like fan service a lot. Uh, and I and but when they showed this, I was like, no, this is great. This is perfect. This is what it should have been. Bring back Luke for three minutes. That's great. <laughs> and I, man, I was, I, I have that scene to me was just so, so good. But I, I was so, I was so happy. I have not smiled that much at a TV show in a long time. <laughs> yeah, like I, and I was, I was fine with the way it looked. I, it didn't look amazing, right. but I thought it looked fine. I thought it was an, a different actor at first. I did too. Yeah, at first I thought it was a different actor. Um, I know that Mark Hamill did the voice. I don't know if it's actually him physically or if they had someone else. Like, it's, I'm sure it's someone. I mean, I'm sure they had a person there, but it must have been must have been like a stunt person or something. That's what I imagine. Yeah, and then they just used his head, different different head. I think it's so cool that he was involved, though. Like, who would have thought? Yeah, I mean, it's so cool they kept that a secret and. It's very rare for them to keep secrets or for them to stay secret. And yeah. it was a good I'm sure fans around the world were squealing when that when that happened. Yeah, so I, I looked it I looked it up. The uh the guy that played him is Max Lloyd Jones, who is in the uh he was in War for the Planet of the Apes as one of the apes. Oh. And ah, that's sweet. his only that's his only other acting credit. Interesting. Well oh, he's no, got no, used... it's not. That's the one he's known for. He's been oh, okay. in some other stuff. Well he's used to motion capture. Yeah, he's been in video games too. So he got to be one of the best characters ever. So hey, <laughs> yeah, that's Mike's so that, jealous. That'd be such an honor. I was so happy, like you. I you have. I was giddy. I was so giddy when I saw this episode. Like, oh man! And then that last, the last dark trooper, he like force squishes him. I'm just like, oh man, that was great. Because also he's not. I mean, he's a Jedi, but he's not exactly like he's using. You know, he's a little on the edge there sometimes. Luke is. Yeah, I, I I like him a lot, and I was I was really happy with that. That was a, a little fan service that I was happy I was fine with. I was happy to have. 
Yeah, I was so glad they did that. And then, and then Grogu, like, when he wants Mando to take off his helmet so he can touch his face, which I'm like, okay, whatever. But the fact that, like, Luke then takes Grogu to train him at the academy that doesn't exist yet. Yeah, and then the, the, this uh, begs the question, um, is, he, is he there when Kylo Ren kills everyone? <laughs> <laughs> or has he, has he graduated by the time Kylo Ren kills everyone at, at Luke's well, academy? Because this is... This is five years after Return of the Jedi, and Force Awakens takes place what tw- thirty years after Return I think of the Jedi. Thirty years, yeah. So you're twenty five years, and it sounds like when Kylo Ren took place, like what a year or two before Force right. Awakens. Yep. So you have plenty of time to get him out of there, and there is a comic series about Kylo Ren that takes place like how he when he kills everyone at the academy, and Grogu wasn't in that comic because Grogu hadn't existed yet. So they're going to find some way to get Grogu out of there. I'm sure. Because he makes more money than Kylo Ren and everyone else does. <laughs> so I'm I and it was so good and I, I I love that. Except I'm like you know Grogu's gonna come back. And the reason why this show works is because of Grogu. Yeah, and it would be a mistake not to to bring him back if they're just gonna do if season three is just gonna be you know more bounty hunter adventures. I think they're gonna have people lose interest. So yeah, they're gonna have I to think find. There's someone. a lot of people like me that want to just see the you know traveling samurai you know uh kung fu yeah uh you know david carradine traveling the desert righting wrongs version of mandalorian but i think mostly they to get the the wide audience you've got to bring baby yoda back at some point yeah oh you're gonna be first episode season three yeah and then we should and then so after that happens the show ends you get the credits and you get a little stinger we should mention <laughs> i got yeah or two so surprise you see <laughs> I, surprise pilot i like how because right before this happened they announced all the star wars shows that are coming out like there's a ton of stuff coming and they're nothing about about boba fett not one yeah. word they just they just they skip that like i'm like okay it makes sense you know like i didn't think much about it and all of a sudden as you're watching as you're watching this you see you see jabba's palace i'm like well, that's interesting what's going on here oh and, I, I knew i was like oh he's coming <laughs> <laughs> and then you see you see somebody start getting you know they get shot up somebody goes in there and it's fennec and they come down she rescues the because of course there's a dancer again yeah because you know why not and like <laughs> all that stuff that comes up like you you see bib fortuna and that staff that bib fortuna is holding is from his original toy i guess it came with a toy for those that don't know yeah so it was a reference to the old toy that came out in the 70s interesting i did not know the hell that i comes out return to the 80s isn't it early 80s 83 83. Yeah, that's what that's a reference to, because they, because because you know they had to say they didn't give a shit with those toys that he threw whatever, and that's what (laughs) that was. And I love how he's like, he's like, Boba, I thought you were dead. He just shoots him like there's, that's it. He just shoots him. Like I was like, wow, okay. I like and I liked Ming Na Wen like uh, lets the uh, lets the dancer go. Yeah, I like that. That was a good moment. And she gets herself some blue liquor of some sort. Oh, is it Andorian brandies? That's what the blue stuff was, right? In Star Trek and the original Romulan Ale. Romulan Ale. The Andorians and then, were blue. They have Andorian brandy also, but I think that's green. I okay. <laughs> I don't know. But I like that. That it just ends. He sits on the throne. She's drinking the alcohol, and it just starts playing the music. On, and then it says, "Book of Boba Fett coming 2021." I'm like, ah. So, I wonder, and I think, yeah. Some I people thought. We'll how he, I'm sorry. I wonder if we we'll learn how he gets out the Sarlacc. That's why. Me too. I, yeah. It's only going to be a four-episode miniseries, they said, and my assumption is that it's going to be a one, you know, flashbacks off and on to the first episode, or the first episode will be how he came back, yeah. and then it will sum up his character, and then I think they'll be done with him for a while. 
and I wanted to just real fast. I looked it. I I looked it up, and yeah, the new Star Wars, the sequel trilogy with Kylo Ren and all that, takes place about thirty years after. Yeah, and so I mean, they're gonna. I I want to say I like the sequel trilogy, but I like parts of it. But I, I like know. just like with the prequels. I think there's some things here and there in them that I like, but I don't like it overall. So, but and we do have a lot of shows coming that. <laughs> I think Mandalorian's only going to go maybe three or four seasons, and they're going to wrap it up and do something else. Yeah, I, I agree. I think three, I think I think three or four seasons max. Because like we're getting the Obi Wan show, that's only going to be one season. I bet there's no way that's going to be two. Yeah, uh, same thing at the Boba Fett. Yeah, I think, I, and the Ahsoka. I don't. Well, I don't know. You know what? Ahsoka I mean, might keep going. At this point, Disney just has all the money in the world, and they have their own distribution now. They can just do what they want with it. Honestly. And we don't even know what the ratings are because it's it's there. We only know what they tell us. Well, right. We so. do know Andor and Lando will both probably be, I'm assuming, one season. I think Ahsoka will keep going. I think Acolyte will keep going. I think Visions and Rangers of the New Republic, those will be the ones that keep going. Maybe Ahsoka might only be a couple seasons, but I think other stuff will keep going. I'm, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the uh, Rogue Squadron one. Oh, that's a movie. Oh, it's a movie. A movie. Ooh. By um by, by a director you really really like you just saw her movie a couple of days ago. The, I know I know, but I do like I I I do I don't just because I didn't like her newest movie. No, I know I'm, I'm excited. I liked her other one. I'm really excited to see where they go with it. I yeah. better be it better be in the spirit of uh you know the books and stuff. You know we've got Imperial Base got to blow it up. Yes, got, I mean, I'm hoping that they base it off of the books at least loosely. Yeah, I because it's a good formula and I think it's successful and I think why not translate it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, and and I'm 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 interested in the Boba Fett series. Um, I'm actually wearing my Boba Fett shirt today. Y'all can't see it. There's <laughs> no camera. <laughs> yeah, no camera. But I'm wearing my Boba Fett shirt for the recording. So, um, Boba Fett's one of my favorite characters since I was a kid too. And um, I like I said, I love Ming Na Wen, and it looks like she's going to stick around with it, which is cool. I'm happy to see that too. There's a Agents of Shield is gone, so she's got a clear schedule. So she's also going to be doing the voice for the Bad Batch cartoon, which is going to be the end of the Clone Wars. Oh, cool. She's going to be in that. So they're going to introduce her character earlier. Yeah. So all they need now is they need to do like a uh, animated adaptation of the Republic Commando series. And I'll be I'll be good. I'd be be excited for that, too. Yeah. Give me me my Republic Commando anime. I I think we should go to Shelfer Box. Actually, at the time you're hearing this, it might be Shelf Stacker Box, because I'm thinking about changing it. But we're going to stick with the normal, because I haven't officially done that yet. All right. But that's my plan at some point, to do that. I said it here. By the time you're hearing this, it probably already has happened, but who knows. All right, and I'll I'll go first. I I think it's obvious I'm going to put this on the shelf. I had a great time. I enjoyed myself more than I expected with this show. Hell, I watched it twice, Like, and as soon as I got done watching it, I... I texted Peter and, and put, tried putting together this episode. So that's how much I enjoyed the show. Like we never cover things that are new. Like it's just not the, the what the show is. And I, I fell in love with, cause I saw Luke Skywalker kill people, kill dark troopers and oh mm-hmm. man, I'm happy. So it's going on the shelf. I recommend it and definitely go watch it. And eventually you'll see, it'll be a season one of this recap episode on this show someday. How about you, Pete? Definitely put it on your shelf. I mean, it's eminently rewatchable. Um, you can got stuff in there for everyone. And if you like Star Wars, you know, this is the best. This may be the best version of Star Wars that's been out since 1983. So, <laughs> man, Phantom Menace is a good movie, man. 
<laughs> All right. I, none of so wait this, for you to say that. <laughs> I love that. I like that movie. Actually, <laughs> we lot. are gonna have. We're just gonna have a two-hour-long podcast where we talk. We rank the Star Wars movies, and then we're gonna have it. We're gonna go out there. Oh uh, well, I'm gonna do a Phantom Menace episode when I finish the MC. <laughs> Which comes out, and if I, I want to be on all these, <laughs> so you probably will. You can be if you want. It's coming at some point. And then we're gonna rank. We're gonna rank Wonder Woman eight and twenty four in the. We're gonna put it in the Star Wars rankings and see where there it falls. Movie. All right. Uh, how about Gary? Yeah, definitely shelf. You know, I like season one a lot more than season two, um, but I still love season two. And I, I agree with Pete mostly. Um, I, I would put Rogue One up there with Mandalorian, but otherwise yeah, I right. think this is the best Star Wars Solo. since 83. Solo has good stuff in it, yeah. Paul's a great movie! <laughs> I, I'm completely <laughs> baffled by Mike's uh, beliefs about Star Wars movies. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you, Solo is in my top like seven Star Wars movies, so top, top six, probably. I, I like it more than the sequels or the prequels. Interesting. I, I love Solo, I love Rogue One. I, Rogue do one lo- I love great. Rogue One. Rogue One is my favorite non-original trilogy movie and i like the mandalorian um like i said i like season one more because i care i like the wandering samurai style more but um i felt like you had some like i said the 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 believer is one of my if it's not my favorite episode of the series it's definitely my favorite of the season i liked a, a lot of episodes in this a whole lot and uh, yeah definitely shelf i'm gonna rewatch it when season three is coming i'm gonna rewatch the whole series ahead of time so definitely shelf okay and if you and um, that's about what I, that's about what I expected, you know, with every with this with this, I knew we all gonna love this because what's not to love? I mean, yeah, when we talk about I, other I, Star Wars things, it might be a little different. I, I have fellow Star Wars fans who friends who didn't like season two, and I think they would still put it above most Star Wars stuff, though. Okay, it's yeah. just it, maybe it was a little bit of a disappointment from season one if you liked the season one style, but it's still good. And if you enjoyed this episode, we have lots of other Star Wars episodes. We did episode 87, Bounty Hunter, where Carrie was joined us. We did Knights of the Old Republic, episode 69. We did Shadows of the Empire, episode 48, with Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did Star Wars Holiday Special on here back in the, back around that time. <laughs> yeah. I'll say that Shadows of the Empire episode is one of the first ones I listened to, and I love it. Nice. Peter was great. Game. That freaking game, too. I think. I think I liked it. I can't remember anymore. I, the idea I, that I, I like it still. bought it on Steam for like $1.50. Oh, I haven't man. gone back and played it yet. You might not want it. You might want to keep it. It's a great game. I loved it when I was 12 years old. Same. <laughs> I, I, I think the same thing about Dark Forces, which is the other, another Star Wars episode. Episode 13 that you were on, too. Our first Star Wars wow. thing. Wow. Yeah. That was an early one. Oh, oh yeah. yeah that, I listened to that one. Yeah, Dark, Dark Forces, you know, with a, a mouse mod, so you can use mouse aiming, is actually, it holds up. I was just playing it a couple of months ago. Yeah. It's hard, though. Yeah. It is hard. It is it's very hard. When I yeah, I remember getting my ass handed to me and had to cheat. <laughs> but that's not unusual with me. Wait, uh, so and then the other one we did is our our best our well our most popular most downloaded episode Star Wars Republic Commando episode twenty one. Yeah, I don't know why, but people freaking have downloaded episodes so many times. It's the best ser- It's the best set of books, in my opinion, of all the of all the thirty eight I've read. Those five Republic Commando books are the best ones. Yeah, check those out. Yeah. So definitely go ch- listen to those if you enjoyed this. You should definitely check out all the Star Wars stuff we've done because we've done a lot of Star Wars stuff. Not as much as we probably will in the coming in the future, but we've done a lot. <laughs> and buy Peter's book. Oh yeah, the and if you guys Peter, you want to give a shout out to your book again? The Fifth Civilization is the first book. If you're buying them, start with that one because the other ones may not make as much sense. But find it on Amazon, The Fifth Civilization. You won't regret it. It's fun. And awesome. Carrie, you want to give a shout out to your YouTube channel again? 
uh, twitch.tv slash Karooxeta, K-E-R-O-O-X-S-E-T-A. I'm maybe dropping the X as soon as Twitch will let me. <laughs> I accidentally made two accounts, and so and I deleted the old one, but it's like, it'll take six months before you can change the name. Like, God. But yeah, I, um, I, I'm trying to get to that uh, affiliate status. It's a, it's a, it's a hard road, but uh, I've been doing mods on there. I'm going to be recording one probably today or tomorrow, uh, putting a new screen in a Game Boy Advance. So if you like that kind of stuff or just watch me play Cyberpunk with my microphone off, come check it out. Okay. Nice. Does Cyberpunk actually work? Uh, I have it on Stadia. And I have experienced almost no bugs. I'm 25 hours in, and I think it's a good game. It's a solid seven or 7.5 out of 10. Okay. If if the bugs aren't get, getting you uh, on Stadia, it's you know I'm playing 1080p, 60 FPS, never never slows down for a second. Looks like it's on ultra settings. Uh, so if you've got unlimited data and a high speed internet plan. Then Stadia, um, I'm sold on Stadia for for games like that. Hey, it's working better than it does for most things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the only way anyone I've ever heard of uh, playing it on Stadia has not complained. It's it's everything else. <laughs> you got to be playing on Google's, you know, supercomputer like you know, uh, positronic network to be to play it without bugs, without too many <laughs> bugs. I still have bugs. It's a broken okay. game for sure. <laughs> And if you enjoyed this episode, definitely please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I need more subscribers on YouTube because I want to make my fucking custom URL, and I don't have it yet. Maybe when you're hearing this, I do have it, but I, I don't think so. So please, follow us on YouTube if you, like, if you listen to the show. <laughs> and I want to give a shout-out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney from ZP Bite the Bullet, Song of the Cool Kid Squad. And if you listen to the show, we do movies, we do comics, we do games, we, as you see, we do other Star Wars stuff. So definitely go check out all the other episodes we've done. We have done hundreds of episodes at this point. That, you're, that they're out there for you to listen to. So you'll keep you busy for a long time when the world finally wakes up again someday in 2021. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, hopefully at some point we wake up <laughs> this year and life goes normal again. But so thank you all for listening. Thank you, Carrie and Peter, for coming back for another ep- another Game My Mom Found episode. Mm-hmm. Thanks for thank having you. me. Yeah. Something yeah. a little different that mm-hmm. I've been trying to get off. Well, I was trying to get Mandalorian Season 1 off the ground for a really long time, and so I'm going to in the future. some point this year, we're going to do Season 1. <laughs> I said on the air if people are still listening. All right, we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.